Describe Trundle Manor in one word. Sexidermy. <laughs> the bad guy I am not the bad guy I am not the bad guy not the bad guy no good evening and welcome trundle files I'm Mr. Arm and this is yet another trundle cast our attic based after dark tinker with the fabric of time and space surrounding Trundle Manor. Travel through the ever-constricting universe of Swissville, Pennsylvania's leading tourist trap as we try to suss out what it is we've done this week. So drain those pus-filled holes you use for ears and break out your listening horn because we've been shouting for you to wake up for weeks. I am not the bad guy you once thought I was I am not the one who drove you into dark and lost you cannot Welcome to Velda's Movie Trivia Vault, where I'm going to give you the answer to last week's question, which was, what is the name of the woman who designed the suit for the creature from the Black Lagoon and was discredited for years by a male rival makeup artist? And the answer is... Millicent Patrick, a former Disney illustrator, designed the approved creature suit. Makeup artist on the film Bud Westmore deliberately took sole credit, and she has been virtually unknown until very recently. Thank you, Trundlefiles. Until next time. Like a knife cut into your skin and knock the old crap. The new rap like a running back, a jump into your head. Knock out the old crud and give me the Hello, Trundle Files, and those listening to our Trundle cast, we've just rounded up that uh, three-parter. I hope you guys enjoyed that last week. Uh, we're a little bit late this week because there's been so much going on. Uh, endless projects coming up thanks to the summertime, and uh, you know now we're just trying to play catch-up with some of our interviews. The interview that we have this week is by the ladies next door. That we're uh, hosting a play in the somewhat abandoned house um, that we have next door to Trundle Manor. And that happened uh, uh, maybe two months ago, a month ago, a month ago. It hasn't been that long, I don't think. So we have that interview. It's a little bit long. Please bear with us. I think it's fun, and I think you will too. If not, well, too fucking bad. This is the Toronto cast. We do swear, we do drink, we are hedonist, and we are terribly debaucherous. So I hope that you can all keep up. I hope none of you get offended. I kind of don't care that much about that one. Uh, And I hope that you all enjoy. Up first, we've got the roundup with me and Velda. I think uh, Polly comes in a little bit there towards the end. We talk about the business, we talk about everything that's been happening in the past two weeks. At Trundle Manor. So, enjoy. I am not the bad guy, not the bad guy. No, no, no. Welcome 
Welcome back to yet another Trundle Cast. Here we are in the attic of Trundle Manor, Swissville's leading tourist trap. Now we had uh, quite a busy series of events going on. We uh, we didn't really do a podcast interview section like we normally do, like we're doing now for last week, because we had a pretty good one in the chamber. Right. There that I made part of the fifth podcast. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> I, that's all I got. I don't mean to cut you off. Um, so we've got two weeks worth of things to talk about. We'll try to fit that into a small enough uh, container so it doesn't bore the shit out of you. And uh, let's have some fun with it. So what was the first thing that we ended up doing? I, oh, the farthest thing away was... Uh, the art opening. That's right. Sharon Bergmark's art opening. Yeah, it was the first one. I know we've talked about that on uh, a few podcasts, but uh, it finally got to happen, and mm. it was pretty awesome. It was one of my favorite art openings, I think. Yeah, people seem to really enjoy it, and we had, what the hell, we had a ukulele player, uh-huh. and uh, we had, we had uh, our f- good friend... Uh, tying people up and suspending them from the ceiling of our carport. There was some nude body painting, I believe. Was there? Yeah, at the end of the night. Up. Oh, that's right. There was some booby painting. Yes, there was. Some so that got to happen. at the end. And uh, yeah, and it was just a really good time. Everybody supported her and supported the manor. And... It was a lot of older folks, which yeah. is a, it was kind of refreshing. That was the thing that struck me the most. Yeah, I think it was you know because most of our artists have all been younger people, and they. Sometimes it tends to get a little overwhelming as far as uh, insanity. Yeah. And um, low tolerance for good conversation. They were so respectful, too. I barely had to clean up any trash afterwards. Yeah, that was a good thing. I, I like think that older was the main people. good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that trash off the floors at Trundle Manor, and I will be happy and possibly do anything for you. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> we got to go to uh, an Adams family. Um, musical. musical. That's right. That was pretty cool. That was done by Dan Franklin. Franklin. And, uh, Dan. He is. What He's is, the musical director for Hampton High School, I believe it was. Okay. Yeah. And we went to a play. He get he got us tickets for a play last year. Uh, Young Frankenstein. That was really. He does cool. all the good ones, apparently. And he didn't get us tickets for this, but that's okay. We don't need everything for free. Even though we are Pittsburgh royalty. Uh, don't let what foos that go to your head. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, um, but we, well, I ordered them before I told him that we were going. Uh, so he, he probably would have. He's a good guy. But, uh, but that was pretty good. That was, that it was, was a wonderful it, show. You know, it was, it, it was love and hate for both of us, I think. And we did we don't want to admit it on the air, but I think we should that, that interpret, and it's not because of Dan or the kids. No, it's, it's because it's the script itself. Yeah. Which you said was probably the Broadway script or something? Yeah, because it's been uh, on Broadway for a while now. They can sell it to schools to and community theater to be able to produce it now. There's <laughs> enough statute of limitations the, uh, on that, I guess. Blanford Community <laughs> Theater? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're Adam's purists. That's why we said we liked Young Frankenstein yeah. a lot, but it, was, it wasn't like a life or death situation. It was just fun. Yeah. But with the Adamses, we kind of tend to be a little bit protective about their characterization. Yeah, I think our main problem was they, they were trying to make uh, Morticia into Lily Munster. It yeah. It was like was trying to make a mix of the two. One of the main sources of conflict, I guess, in the show. And yeah. To us, we always judge people whether or not they're Adams or Munsters people. And Lily always seemed like such a bitch. Just, yeah. so just angry at Herman all the time. And, and that's kind of what was coming up in this one. Is uh, 
Yeah, she was this very she got typical mad over something nagging, small. controlling type sitcom wife that's yeah. just generally miserable. A it, lot of marriage jokes. Yeah, it's it's just leads you to say why are these people married to each yeah. other because they obviously are and just hateful. That is not the Adams way. No. Yeah, you should always assume that they should always be together. And he said, "So I always felt when I'd watch Morticia and Gomez." Yeah, they weren't quite as loving as the TV no. or the movie versions. But you yeah. know, despite that, it was a wonderful show, and the well, kids the show, were very yeah, talented. You, you know, the it wasn't were the kids. Amazing. The show was great. Oh yeah. And we got to do a little backstage uh, wander around, which was which was really fun. Yeah, I like to check out, get on the stage. Yeah. Wander. We got to see um, Cleopatra. Uh huh. It was. A, a puppet that was made by a stage mom that I guess she does professional puppetry. Professional yeah. yeah, something. There like was that. a lot of little behind-the-scenes efforts that went into that. Yeah, it was There's cool. It's good to stuff. see. I like when the families get involved and everybody has fun. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, and and was there, was there anything else weird about uh, that? I know that Gomez was a little more a little giggly than he was, yeah. than he should be. But, well, uh, the the main storyline cool. was Wednesday growing up and wanting to date a normal boy. Oh yeah, that was the worst. Boyfriend. I mean, what? The how worst else can idea. A, can an Adam's child rebel? Really? You I know? guess. I guess I kept thinking that too, but then I thought, eh, I don't. They don't really do that though. Yeah. There's not not a lot of rebelling going on in the in the Adams house, as far as that goes. You know, rebelling against family. Yeah. Well, I guess that was because she's older. Yeah. Everyone does in some way. It's, oh, yeah. stop sticking up for it. You're making me sad. Anyway, that was fun. We got to bring the limousine, which is on its sort of, I don't know, I feel like it's on its last legs until I can get this thing sorted out, sussed out. Yeah. Oh. Is that this weekend you're sussing that out? Yeah. Um, My uh, good friend Josh is going to, our mechanic, is going to uh, help me retrofit some uh, sort of straight up and down exhaust pipes that are going to be coming out of the hood of the car on the on the newer limousine. I know we talked about that, but I'm so excited that I'm more excited about that than well, not than my birthday, but it's pretty close. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just want to do that. I want to get this over with because right now it sounds like those shitty cars driving up and down our streets that we make fun of because it's white trash that yeah. are driving them. And fuck, I don't want to be that. So. Uh, but, you know, ours is a limousine, so at least it's class trash. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's like your old champagne bottle trash. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, speaking of the cars, I got to retitle some of our older cars. Oh, very good. Which is exciting as well for me. because What does that mean exactly? Well, now PA keeps changing their laws on classic cars and antique cars and inspection and, and all these things. And... Uh, I finally got Trixie and the limousine titled, well, the older limousine titled as uh, antique cars, which okay. means no inspection, no more registration paying. It's a little pricey in the beginning, but no more than a year's worth of inspection and registration. So, Well, that's a pretty good thing, I guess, in the long run. because Yeah, we don't drive them that often. So. Right. People always ask me during tours, too, is, is Trixie inspected? And I go, ah. I just yeah. kind of make like a series of noises to yeah. not answer properly. But, uh, well, that's good. That's yeah, we don't good. necessarily want to be illegal. We just kind of end up end up that way because of the things that we like. Um, we can't help what kind of dumb laws that they made. Yeah. 
It's not my fault. I heard tell that they're supposed to be repealing the whole idea of inspection at all. Really? In PA, which I have a love-hate relationship with that because I believe in inspection for regular cars and regular idiots. For safety reasons, yeah. You know? Because I don't need some car driving around with no brakes and all that kind of We've stuff. We've been to Ohio and it's scary. Yeah. It feels like nothing's inspected. They're all death traps. <laughs> But uh, and I think PA kind of still needs that. But then it, you know, then it then it catches us and, and it costs us more and all this shit. So, right. You know, so I, it would be nice if they kind of repeal. I think you know, I I believe in less laws because uh, I want a cowboy town. I want to live in cowboy times. <laughs> I think I've said that. Before. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, we're speeding right along. So, yeah. like, was there anything that happened this week that? That uh, that you really enjoyed. Well, other than hated, your sure. awesome uh, birthday party. Yeah, my birthday party was pretty badass. Thanks to you. I pulled out all the stops in, uh, in getting surprises for him. Mm-hmm. We got this uh, giant sort of steampunk robot cake done by our friend Nim, who's mm-hmm. a professional uh, baker. So that happened. Uh, we got... <laughs> We're fans of the uh, Adult Swim show, Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job, <laughs> which is so ridiculous. Um, and they have a character called Spaghetti. I promise this is going somewhere. Uh, that is this weird man-child that has spaghetti stains all over his face and, and spooks people by jumping out behind <laughs> things to scare them. It's the most ridiculous, uh, non-trundle thing in the world. But we have a friend who happens to dress like Spaghetti sometimes, so I hired him to be a professional Spaghetti impersonator <laughs> and to spook you, which worked, uh, I believe oh my god velda came upstairs and i was talking to some of her guests in our lounge area and she came up with a serious look on her face and said you need to i need to show you something outside (laughs) and in the most serious tone that she could muster and scared the living shit out of me (laughs) because all i could think is oh good somebody's breaking my shit or something's on fire or you know some underage kid just got stabbed in the face (laughs) that would have been fine but you know uh, and as I got out, then that happened. And because of the way it was let up, I didn't know how the fuck to react. Then <laughs> <laughs> you were just more relieved than anything. Yeah, I got a little relief bad. stunned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that happened. What else? Uh, we showed robot movies. We had oh, yeah. um, one of Sharon's friends who was at the art opening last uh, week mm-hmm. had this record of John Astin Gomez Adams doing voices for something I, I, we haven't listened to it yet it's this 45 and he just recorded and written this thing where he's just doing impressions I guess yeah I can't wait to listen to that it's gonna be that's gonna be weird yeah I mean, I'm super excited and we'll have to throw that onto your uh, your record player definitely <clears throat> I don't know I guess that would be that would have some kind of copyright since it's him. But I, I was thinking that'd so. be cool if we could find a way to just record that. And I want to look it up. It, it was a weird thing because it just said John Aston hyphen voices, and the other yeah. side was just a white label with nothing printed on it. So yeah. I have no idea what this is. But he mentioned <laughs> it the other week, and I said, "Oh, you've got to bring that because yeah. it's Aston, you know." Well, maybe I'll I'll, uh, I'll record a little snippet of that to throw onto the next podcast. Okay. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Um, oh, what else happened? Uh, horrible things happened, but it was fun. Yeah. Anyway, it's all worked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of... I know there were a couple other things that I had planned. Oh, I I had some friends chip in for a giant Lego set for you. Oh, for yeah. For your actual birthday. Yeah, we got to finish that right before the party goers showed mm-hmm. up. 
It was uh, the detective's office, right? Yeah, at a pool hall, Al's uh, hair salon. A lot of good little details in there. Or a barber shop, I guess. And uh, at a d- detective's office. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's uh, three stories. It was so cool. It's got so much going on with it. Lego's really stick- stepping up their game as far as their buildings go. They really are. When you look at the old ones, there's nothing on the inside. Like, it's generally there, but there's no story or no uh, furniture. But this is like an entire miniature movie set. I mean, it's yeah. just every detail is... Yeah, they planned it out where there's a there's a cookie thief and they're... Because... Uh, oh, no, they're making bootleg cookies. Yeah, it's like a prohibition a era yeah. kind of thing, but instead of booze, it's cookies. Yeah. But uh, it, it's, it's really funny. Um, so... Yeah, that was good. We built that... That was in... such a great party. I think that was my best party yet i think so and we had so many people i didn't even expect to show up we had old friends and new friends we had russians crazy russian kids that were what robotic scientists or something. oh yeah no what, the what programmers they okay programmers, that's right. and uh they go to cmu and i know them we know them through my uh, aunt's boyfriend mm-hmm. uh he works at cmu <laughs> and uh <laughs> and they were so excited they came in and they're very emotional people yeah and he just goes yeah, they lost I their didn't mind. expect this <laughs> <laughs> yelling <laughs> by Trundle Manor yeah it was great oh and Brian Vamp wrote us the Trundle Manor theme song was Brian the other Vamp big thing. was playing the Trundle Manor theme song which I guess we have to get uh, a copy of I told so him we that, can use it and on he here. said is three to four weeks enough time <laughs> what I didn't respond <laughs> I I don't know you should respond to those kind of things you know yeah it's, it's not good to just let that sit I, but, I forgot <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. But, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so that's I'll, I'll keep using the bad, not the bad guy. That's yeah. Okay with me. Uh, and Jimmy Z was doing photos of Perkins. Beautiful photos, yeah. Yeah. We all got our photo ops with Perkins there. What, what a cool uh, memento to keep. So we posted all those on Facebook, all the ones that he gave us. Yeah. And uh, goddamn, were they cool. That was such a neat... Such a neat thing that we got to do, that whole party. Yeah, I was trying to explain to, to somebody at the party where... When we throw our parties, we kind of just throw everything at the wall and see yeah. what sticks. We invite Whatever every happens, weird happens. person we know. We mm-hmm. try and have some kind of entertainment, a movie, a music, lots of liquor, yeah. no seating. And uh, sometimes there's a photographer or somebody tying people up or <laughs> some random other form of entertainment. But yeah. we just don't like people to be bored. I think I would kill myself if people sat around looking at each other. Yeah, we, our we've been to some terrible parties ourselves. Oh, and yes. we're... We're we're hard to please people. We get bored really easily, and well, at least I do. And uh, and you know we don't do crazy hard drugs or even micro hard drugs. You know we don't do drugs. We drink. That's about it. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes that gets boring as well. So we always find ways where even if you're not drinking, you can have a good time. And uh, I think we I, I think hear Polly accomplish it. Oh, Polly's here. Okay, maybe we'll include her in this talk. That might work out. Here she comes. Dad, I can deal with it. How do you do? Have a seat. As I'm listing all of the different things that I should have fucking be doing today. But, uh, <laughs> naps ended up happening and stuff like that. We were sick. We were sick. Morning. No, I mean, we did. We were just. I had a nap for lunch. Yeah. Napple. Yeah. 
Move that microphone towards your face. Please don't smoke too much today. We've had a lot of smoke last night, and we're... That, I think that's why I was sick today. Sorry. <clears throat> Between my cigar and you, you two smoking. <laughs> Not Velda, you, Polly, and, yeah. and uh, our other friend. <laughs> Derek. Yeah, we had a, a taxidermy party last night. Which was fun. I think we ought to do that kind of thing more often. Yeah, we uh, enlisted the throngs of people that are interested in cutting up shit uh, because we have a few different things to prepare for and we needed a mass production of cutting the faces off of squirrels. So essentially free labor under the guise of a, you know, informative class. Yeah, right. That's what. I, hey, normally these classes are 200 bucks. I think that was a pretty big deal. They just didn't get to go home with anything. But we did give them the hearts, the people that wanted it. Yeah. So that was something. Um, so Polly was there, and she got a maggoty one, so she didn't. Yeah, really I felt bad. There's yeah. nothing worse than that. That was kind of bloody. Yeah, I think there's a three-minute clip that, uh, of us talking that I recorded, so maybe, maybe I'll mix that into this. Part Are you too. able to mix it in here? Yeah, I, I I recorded it through the mic jack, so okay. I was able to do that. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was fun though. We had uh, we had loud music and some drinking and smoking and and uh, hanging out. Cutting off of squirrel balls. Cutting off a lot of, <laughs> a lot of squirrel parts that are should not have been attached in the first place. They're quite gross. Squirrel balls are huge. They are. I've actually never seen Velda so happy. <laughs> I've been happier than Yes, yes, you definitely have. Mm, no. <laughs> no. She's never happier than she, when she's slicing off something that gets nuts. It was fun. One day, Anton, you'll make her that happy. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the birthday party. That we got to have that Polly didn't get to show up yeah. to, right? That was sad. We did miss you. Yeah. Oh, we were sorry. About <laughs> excuses, that too. excuses. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we were. Uh, I just have it on my list. I wanted to go. Or, or, what about having to move Perkins for that? That was. Oh, it's terrifying yeah, having to move Perkins. He's his top half and bottom half separate, and they both weigh about the size of, of me or like a, a, a general adult person. So oh, we didn't separate them. No, it was even worse. Somehow you were able to drag him. I slung him over my shoulder. I'm actually really glad that I was not here. <laughs> it was to be enlisted to help. It was like the that. old oh, days God. of the traveling show. It was just nerve wracking yeah. watching. Like I know that you Sweaty physically shouldn't be able to do this. Fuck, Here's three seconds of acute physical labor. You know you're not capable, but it's happening right now. Oh my god, don't die! Oh my god, my back hurts. <laughs> a lot at of the how memories. that goes. Mm-hmm. My back has never been the same. My brain hurts at the memories. <laughs> yeah, that that tra- those traveling show days. You know, for as much fun as they were, they were they were definitely the most stressful out of everything. I mean, it, we, it was either the car is going to break down, or we're going to get poured on, or we're going to you know break our backs and. And uh, or you know, and then of course not make any money at all. I so. think the most stressful one of all was the last one that we did because it was mm, snowing. It was that January. Was fucking horrible. And uh, we decided we to take to... the limousine instead of Trixie. Right, because yeah, we couldn't there. take Trixie. Mm. Yeah, it was the tattoo convention in uh, Amish country. Yeah, uh, wherever the hell. I was forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the worst part was trying to pull the trailer out of the driveway because it was on like this angle on the hill, and there was this gigantic patch of ice below it. <sighs> And we had to jack it up, and I think, didn't we have to buy a new ball jack for the 
limos. We realized they wouldn't as fit. As the last minute. As we were slipping and sliding on the ice, trying not to have this giant trailer fall on us and roll down the hill because, of course, we live in a fucking hill. Yeah. We had to stop. It was everything about it just still gives me yeah, the Yeah, just typified what, what's wrong with the travel, or what was wrong with the traveling car. Stressed like, yeah. yeah. Be glad you weren't part of that one. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and of course, you know, no, no heat the entire way up. So I think it was sixteen degrees or something. It's like six degrees. That whole yeah, thing where we had to keep degrees. moving our toes for an entire four-hour car ride so they wouldn't freeze. Yeah, that was we were cursed. Yeah, we cursed that time. Well, no, no, that, that was Baltimore. This one. is a whole different one. Baltimore was easy compared to this one. No. Yeah, that was in the close. spring. The tattoo convention. It was like the year before. This one was this. Last year in January, mm -hmm. it was like right before oh, our birthday weekend. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was a different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all or the ones that we needed, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were taught. We talked about our Adams Family play that we got to go see. Yeah. We talked about. We were just talking about the taxidermy party. What else happened to the taxidermy? We wanted to get out the hookah, but that thing's such a pain in the ass sometimes. Plus, it's hard to do anything when you're, when you're doing taxidermy. Covered in filth. Yeah. Taxidermy filth. It's like we we, we can drink, and that's about it, because we can touch the glass without uh, having gross taxidermy fingers all over what you're doing. You yeah. can't eat. You can't really do much of anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't Man, everybody had fun though. That, even, there was even there, really we, we had a good mix of people. We even had that one, the one girl that's like, I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> I can't believe I'm job. doing yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she's like, but I'm having so much fun. So that was cool. Yay! That was that's so really funny. secure. She's wearing, like, Victoria's Secret pink hoodie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> one of these things is not quite like the other. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen one of those in this house. That was, it was like incongruity. There, there's yeah. been people on tours, but I've kind of not touched them. I've just sort of shrank at the thought. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit different from her boyfriend, but we don't know him that well. So you know, maybe they're maybe he wears that hoodie sometimes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Zombie in a Victoria's Secret hoodie. That's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been up to, Polly? Oh, Get that microphone closer to you. You need to learn oh, that. Don't worry, I, I just bought a new system for them. Well, I didn't really work all last week, so I'm I'm on pretty much every day this week. And yeah. Blow yeah. Nuggets. Mm. <laughs> Quit our stupid jobs. I know. Well, yes, that's why true. you're here today, right? So we can talk about the business. 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 That being said, everyone come to Swing Dance Friday night. Speakeasy and give me money to give drinks. Yay! Do that. Yeah. Well, it would be fun. We we tend to miss every single one. What are we doing this Friday? Do we? This Friday is going to be packed. Why? Would it, is it a special thing? Or? This week, it's uh, it's like it's actually my favorite my favorite band that comes to James Street, the Boilermakers, uh, oh, yeah. their CD release party. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be nuts. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to make mad money. Yeah, I'll make up for a lost not working last week. Mm -hmm. I guess. And the Boilermakers are awesome. They like sang to me on my birthday. They're great. That's cool. They also like dress period and stuff. And the, the singer is the gorgeous siren. Nice. You guys got to see them. Guys, we definitely do. Uh, yeah, we find ourselves incredibly broke at the moment. Yeah. In, the, in the neg, as the kids say. Do they? 
That's a terrible thing for the kids to say. That means nothing. The kids say a bunch of nonsense. They do. That's why I don't listen to them. Yeah, I listen to the kids. Um. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like fun. We, we don't fast dance very often. She's klutzy, I and I have uh, no rhythm. So. Yeah, I've always wanted to, though. It's always been on my list. Okay, we'll do it. By the time we get around to fucking doing it, you're gonna be—they're gonna cancel the entire night. Right. But it—it it, it, it sounds, it, you know, it sounds like a lot of people come to it, so that's cool. Especially for Boilermaker Nights. Boilermakers though, are definitely the more popular. Bands. The headliner. They? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. They draw this crowd. Nice. Yeah, well, um... What, uh... What are we doing with the business? We I don't want to talk about it too much, because we'll, we, that's what we're going to be doing after the podcast, so... Um... Where are we at? We, we talked to Jacques, uh... Before he left. Yeah, before he left. Bernard. Bernard. Yeah, Jacques. Yeah, my mind. His name's right? French, right? As soon as I said it. Jacques. That means his name's Jacques. As soon as I said it, I felt embarrassed. Little Pierre yeah. over there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you racist. <laughs> it's okay. He, get, he gets a little bit of French hate just because he's in France now and we're mad because we want to be in France That's right true. Now. I bet he's drinking all the wine. Yeah. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Even I, as a Brit, would much prefer to be in France right now <laughs> than where I am doing like literally anything else in the world other than what I'm doing right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think last time we talked to him, we have just a list of things we have to do. And I don't want to be at a standstill. Yeah. This. Yeah, we need to get motivated again. He gave me. Uh, some contacts for the, the youth training idea that we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to try to contact them. And I'm sure it's a little bit past due, but, uh, you know, I'm gonna, obviously I'm going to do it anyway. But uh, it's tough because I don't really want to do this stuff at the studio. You know, because I feel like, oh, here's, let me do this work to get me the fuck out of here, you know, while I'm here. It just yeah. seems kind of weird. So. So it's tough. That's the only thing that really holds me back. And I can't do these things at night because you can't call people after business hours. So I just, I pick my days as best I can. That makes sense. And and today, you know, I was feeling sick as all, sick as a dog. So So I did not, did not talk to anyone or do anything. (laughs) Um, So we've got a few little things to do to talk about it won't be that big a deal I've got got uh, Bernard's notes here so. anyway we can move past that yeah but things are gonna get start getting busy again for us uh, we are in for Pizza Fest oh, yeah. and for Atrocity Exhibition yes. and oh, we are in for Atrocity yes oh, that's boy. what he said we are. yeah we got the packet we got the packet in the email from uh, from Nick Noir who, uh, who let us into their, their show, so that'll be fun. So we're going to be merch-making... Merch time. ...doing a lot of that. That's why we were having the taxidermy party, yeah, yeah. to make squirrel maids. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned that before. I'm, I just like saying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got those two things right in a row, and they are coming up with a vengeance. Huh? Yeah. We only have one weekend before Pizza Fest. Oh, balls. I have to make that pizza sash... Soon, oh, Miss Pizza. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the sash is going to be shaped like a giant slice of pizza with a puffy crust up at the shoulder, and 
Yeah. Pepperoni appliques. That's It'll be pretty cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pizza. <laughs> and Jimmy Z's in for the the pizza uh, pizza pizza pinup calendar that we talked about. Ooh, great! Did we talk about that more than when I texted you about it? Because now I don't you remember. Mentioned it briefly again, you know, just yeah. to re, you know, re. Recap or okay, because we got to do that, I guess, too. Oh, yeah, 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 that'll be a fun thing. I, you know, I don't like photographing people, so I I decided to enlist um, our newest uh, steady photographer, Jimmy Z. He's pretty good, he's good with people. I mean, if you see those pictures, he's got the passion to do the editing, is the main thing, right? Because I fucking hate doing the editing on those kind of things. Like, when you shoot it, it's okay, but... And you have to sit there for hours doing all the editing. Yeah, well, Picking so the best one. I have to about. plan for when it is, because I have another friend who wants to be involved. Her name is Nix, and I have not met her in person, oh, but I know she's a... Involved yeah. how? Uh, she wants to be a pizza pinup. Um, well, tell her to join the contest, because that's how you get your foot in the door. She is. Okay. She absolutely is, because she was asking me if I was going to be in it. She said I was her only real competition, but <laughs> she's one of those people where every time somebody sees pizza-related anything, they'll post it to her. Nice. And uh, she said, I've never wanted to do anything more in my life. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got to make sure that happens. Great. We should, um, you know what I'm going to do uh, in the next couple of weeks? I've got a few different things to do. I'm going to try to make that pizza trophy that I talked about uh-huh. making. I've got to make the sign-up sheets for the pinup girls. I've got to make some numbers. And I want to make something that we can hand out to the pizza shops that say, if you want to be part of the pizza pinup calendar and sponsor it, then we'll put, you know, We'll either shoot at your pizza shop with after hours with your pizza, and uh, we'll put your logo on that photo shoot, uh, or you know we'll just you can have it for sale in your shop, yeah, or you can give us less money and then we'll just put you as uh, a sponsor at the back, you know. So it's just two tier kind of thing. And if no one wants to do it, so so what? We'll make money selling them. <laughs> that just <laughs> means we get shops. to go schmooze with them and have yeah. a giant pizza and then talk business a little bit and. And then pizza. And then pizza. So everybody wins. <laughs> yeah. Anything to get more pizza into my mouth. That's I'm, right. I'm happy. <laughs> Your dad's should be like December. Oh, oh yeah. Sh- it yeah, has to be. We should in do there. like, uh, well, mom and dad's house is perfect for pinup shoes. Oh, so. my God. It completely. So we can have like, I'll, I'll get dad to get out my old pizza tray that he used to use when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, that's And cool. uh, we'll do like the old school style and we'll set it up in there in your sitting room. Yeah. On the pink couches. Yeah. That would be cool. That's very cool. And just have, like, Pop staring from the kitchen yeah. in the background. <laughs> Leering. Lurking, pervy yeah. pizza Santa or something. <laughs> pervy pizza Santa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I am getting more excited about that. Good. Idea. It's it's daunting like everything else, but we uh, I like We work for ourselves at every turn. Yeah. But I, I, think the, I think the pizza calendar would be good, so... If you're listening to this, that is trademarked uh, in Pittsburgh. So if you're out of Pittsburgh, go ahead and make a, a, a pizza pinup calendar. But otherwise, Pittsburgh it is, pizza pinups. It is a Trundle Manor exclusive at the moment. TM, TM. No. Yeah, New York too. No, d- that's our next stop. So fuck oh, you, fellow <laughs> New Yorkers. <laughs> How is that not happening in New York already? I'd be surprised if no one. I think done people it yet, just but... don't talk to each other in New York that much. So maybe that's no. That's they're the too. Issue. They're too afraid of, of giving each other ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 
You made an extra 50 cents a year off of that. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. Gonna eat you. <laughs> what do you think of my new glasses? Are those uh, your actual glasses? Holy shit. Aren't they great? I just got them filled today. Oh my god. <laughs> you so look like like you should be sitting in a basement, like surrounded by like Korean guys all smoking <laughs> like filterless cigarettes playing <laughs> playing some like version of poker. Yeah. Yes, they're so sleazy seventies, <laughs> but it works really well for with some Frank reason. Reynolds. I like them. Oh god, yeah, yeah with Frank Reynolds, perfect. Frank Reynolds. Yeah. I could play his brother. Yeah. Oh my God! They had an episode like he's that. Taller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Shadynasty. Yeah, yeah. Shadynasty. Shady nasty. Shady nasty. Shady nasty. Get the fuck out of here, asshole. <laughs> Is that how you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, I'm entering that sleazy, sleazy section of my life, so I thought maybe I need the glasses to fit. Those little ones made me feel like a little kid, and I feel like these ones are making me feel like two things: either a business mogul. Uh, from the 70s <laughs> or a sleazy porn producer from, yes. from the 70s yes yes absolutely absolutely but your pornographer's glasses yeah yeah I'm good with that they do fit your face better too. right yeah yeah I like them a lot I, I'm, I'm gonna keep looking flattery. out for like more of them too you know, yeah just in case because you know me I'm always afraid of breaking the one pair that I like because the glasses are a big part of my look you know because I gotta wear them all the time and I don't change them that often. I like to be stuck with like my one character. So. I'm constantly full of anxiety because currently I only have one pair of glasses. Really? The others broke. The purple pair broke. Oh really? Yikes! And so now I'm just like, what'll happen? Yeah. yeah. Really something terrible will happen, and I will be blind. Oh. Yeah. That's right, because you know contacts. Of though, glasses. Don't you? I do, but I, I like I actually haven't ordered new contacts in years. I probably hmm. need to go to the optometrist before I get any more. So. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. new contacts lately. So no. yeah, it's been a while. Done with them. <laughs> I have to admit I'm kind of jealous. Like, I've never had to wear glasses, but they're it's like another fun accessory. I love wearing yeah. sunglasses. Well, don't be jealous because you can wear them. You're just, just be a hipster. I, no, I have no intention <laughs> of that. I, mean, I hated them when I was a kid, obviously, because when you're a kid, kids' glasses aren't glasses. fun. Exa- yeah, exactly. I, I still hate them. I, I'd, get, yeah. I'd get LASIK if I could afford it. Yeah. I, I would just get them fixed. Because I like sure my face without right glasses, now. so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally safe. It's I like just, your face without glasses too. Yeah. So I, I just I like know. glasses. Yeah. Also, I'd have to get it done twice because people who have vision that's as bad as mine yeah. have to go go in twice. Really? To get it done. Yeah. You can, it what's do what's it your your time. ratio? Your number oh, thing? I don't even remember. Something yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> My mom's was hey. like twenty two hundred or something like that. <laughs> Us glasses people that are young don't remember that shit. Yeah. We just hand them the prescription and tell them what to do. That's true. Yeah. Give, tell them what to put it in. That's all. The only <laughs> I know person I know idea. with worse eyes than me is my mom. Yeah. yeah. The mm. only person. Yeah. That's, uh, that's unfortunate. And they're pretty close, actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. My mom and I can wear each other's glasses in a pinch. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's... My vision's not that bad, but I can't read from a distance, you know, or, or so driving is iffy, because then I can't make out certain things. You yeah. Know? I could do it, but yeah, it's a pain Probably in the shouldn't. Ass. Yeah. And TV, obviously. You know, can't see a goddamn thing. Yeah. I'm getting old. I can't see my fucking TV. It's always very anxiety riddled when I, like, I'm wearing my prescription sunglasses and I'm approaching a tunnel. I'm like, okay. 
I have to swap to my regular glasses. One, <laughs> two, three. Oh, God. That's oh. Very anxiety-ridden. Jeez. It's awful. It's a scary moment. I grew up hating glasses, and I didn't I didn't wear mine, but I would wear these 1950s Ray-Ban-style Wayfarer kind of glasses. Uh, tinted, obviously. And... Uh, and I wore them night and day, and I was the sunglasses after dark kid. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't doing it only to be cool. I, I needed them to see. But now when I drive, I get so much glare because I got so used to driving with sunglasses at uh-huh. night. So I, I wasn't getting a whole lot of like headlights in you my You should face. again. You should keep them in the car. Well, I'm going to be wearing these. It's true. These are kind of sunglasses. Yeah. So I'm moving back to it. Just keep going more and more into the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really nice, actually. It cuts the glare, and it's not, you know, if they're prescription, they're never really that dark, you know? Mm. So, yeah. You know, these are very light. I'd like to have them darkened, I think. But, um, but yeah, it helps try it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might. Because I, I can't stand glare. That'll be the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I could have them. <laughs> Uh, oh, Polly did not get to see our fancy clothes that we bought. Oh, that's right. We fancy went clothes. vintage shopping on Saturday before the party, mm-hmm. and he got some sweet-ass smoking jackets. Mm-hmm. I got a smoking jacket that was copper-colored brocade, 50s like shawl copper. collar, and uh, and <laughs> it hilariously fits me. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes, oh, I don't I, I said, can you get that jacket down for me? And he said, okay, I'll be right with you. I said... Well, first, before you go through the whole trouble, can you just tell me what size it is? He goes, oh, uh, that's a 38. I go, oh, never mind. He goes, well, you want to try it on anyway? Not really. I don't really want to know know. that I'm a 38. (laughs) 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 So it fits loose, but it's, you know, it's nice to have something that just kind of fits without me worrying about tearing the goddamn buttons off. Yeah. I have to ask you to clarify. It's hilarious that it fits you, or it fits you hilariously. Like, as if you look hilarious in it. Like, that, that's a very big distinction. No, it's hilarious that it fits me, because I used to be, I used to be able to wear... Um, oh, what this is 38 waist, we're talking about 38 jacket yeah. size. Well, then what the hell was the jacket size that he told? 48? That can't be right. Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe he said it was a... I can't It's No, it's that, definitely right? not that big. Maybe no, he was measuring it by come? waist instead of by jacket size. Because oh, oh, I remember weird. you saying... Because it didn't come with pants. No. No, they usually don't smoke in jackets. Nah. Anyway. Anyway. So anyway, so I've got I've got one really cool lounge jacket, mm-hmm. and uh, then I bought two red uh, news anchor jackets. Ron Burgundy-esque. Oh, Jesus. So. They look really great, actually. <laughs> So, so when I go and uh, and do Pizza Fest and do interviewing people for the podcast, then I'll throw on the, one of those jackets. And I need a silkscreen Trundle Manor on the back. So yeah. That'd be cool. And I got this <laughs> black velvet gown with black lace. There's like this entire black lace sort of Victorian looking collar and uh, big bell sleeves on it. It's just incredibly gothy lady of the manor type. <laughs> and then this other one that's this bright violet satin almost like 50s bridesmaid type dress but it's that's like a beautiful. full circle it fits skirt so it, well. it fit perfectly and it was like fuck I didn't want to pay this yeah. kind of money but it fits I said, so I need it I said well it's my birthday weekend and uh, I if I get anything here then you can't get that one dress and then I I couldn't not 
let her have that dress because it was too good. I pouted. <laughs> hey, I did that all on my own. <laughs> I know. Nice guy. <laughs> I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> well, that's pretty much it for our past two weeks. Was there anything yeah. else that we mixed in there? Um, I write it. You know, I mean, a lot of things happened, and sometimes it, it's we, a blur. Our lives are a blur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, most of the time. <laughs> a lot of drunken nights, a lot of insanity, but uh, we don't always remember them. So you're not going to get every one of them here on the on the Trumbo Cat. So another it's always sunny reference. Hey Artemis, can you tell us what happened that night? I don't remember that night. We didn't tell you which night. I don't remember nights. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Polly, for joining us for the end of this uh, little interlude of the Trundle cast and Valda, obviously. Yes. And for uh, for the rest of the podcast, I'm Mr. Arm, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, that was our roundup for the sixth episode of the Trundlecast. Trundle Manor's uh, little podcast that we put together to let you know what's been going on around here. And what else has been going on in the past, we have uh, an older interview with some of the ladies from Professor Eldritch's Asylum for Uncanny and Extraordinary Women. Uh, that was with Uncumber Theatrics and Devious Made Productions. Uh, this is... Uh, an awesome immersive play that was going on in this semi-abandoned house next door. And uh, these ladies gave us a hell of an interview. So try to strain your ears and please stay tuned. It's entertaining, uh, unusual, and a bit long. So hopefully you're sitting down with some sort of a cocktail and you're ready uh, to open your ears to the sounds of the uncanny. So we're sitting here. To, I'm, I'm giving up on the other people. So we're sitting here today with uh, some of the ladies from uh, the play, the immersive play that's going on next door to Trundle Manor. This has not been well advertised as far as being next to Trundle Manor, which is good. Which is good for us because we are. I think everybody already thinks that we're the ones parking up their streets. Um, we're the reason there's parking. Thanks, chairs. girls. Thank I have a so story much. about that in a minute. I want to hear that. Too. <laughs> but why don't you introduce yourselves? Tell us a little about a little bit about the play, and uh, you know, we'll keep talking about things. But we need to start here at some point. Sure. <laughs> Me first. Okay. <laughs> Hi, my name's Abby uh, Liz Perlis. I am uh, artistic director of Devious Made Productions, which is a brand new theater company who's um, who is created to uh, to create more opportunities for women in the theater, both on stage and behind the scenes, um, and aims to uh, use collaborative ensemble work to tell stories that aren't being told. We 
Devious Maid produced this in partnership with... Oh, hi, I'm Anne Tresera. Uh I am the artistic director of Uncumber Theatrics, um, who, uh, so far, this is our second production, um, but we're dedicated to using improv and improvisational techniques to create um, and activate audiences, bringing them more directly into their theatrical experiences through interactive gameplay and immersive environments. Very cool. I I love that specifically because I feel like I get like like most modern people nowadays with all the flashing lights that are in front of our faces, we get bored kind of easily with mod with normal theater. And it's a little harder to get us involved. So when you do the plays like the things that you do, then that's you know, that, that brings us in and I think that gets more people interested in what the hell is that noise? That's people talking about There's okay. sounds. <laughs> it sounded like a wolf howling. We brought baby goats in. I yeah. didn't worry about it. My baby earphones would sound like a wolf. There's a sacrifice going on downstairs. So. I'm okay with that. I'm, I just hope that they're using our it's drainage room. Yeah. yeah. I told them where the sink was, the downstairs sink, Oh, good. So, yeah. good. And together, me and Abby are doing a show called uh, Professor Eldritch's Asylum for Uncanny and Extraordinary Women, which is starring mm-hmm. among several people. Yes, um, I'm among the cast. My name is Christine Starkey. I'm an actress in the Pittsburgh area. And in the show, I play Brenda Spencer. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> your, your piece resonated with us specifically, I think, because it had that teen angst that was built into it. Yeah. That is very fun to watch. It is very <laughs> fun know? to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think you struck me more than, more than most in the show. Oh, yeah. thank you know. so much. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, and that's not to downplay the the other. Oh my god! Everybody women. is absolutely. Everybody was it's been pre- an amazing show. ensemble of women. It's been yeah. very empowering, not only working with the cast but with the crew, which has been mostly female driven. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. an amazing experience for sure. Can I just say I'm excited to have been able to see it twice because then I was following certain characters the first time, and the second time through, we got I got to take a different path. We switched paths, and I could follow other people, but I was there was nobody I wasn't fascinated by. I you know was trying. To, to follow everybody. So, if you don't mind, yes. yeah. since we're talking about the show, of course, I'll give you a come in. Oh, another actor. Another actor. Oh. I'll, uh, I'll give a brief synopsis. Oh, two other actors. Oh, beautiful. Is Is they still here? Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh a silent observer. You better put your mask on. <laughs> um, one of the audience members is here, too. Uh, two, two, <laughs> two audience members. members. Oh, two of them, yeah. Nice. Uh, four, if you in- include the two of you. Sure. Right. Um, but the show is uh, a brief synopsis. Uh, eight historical women uh, have been plucked out of their their own timelines and placed in an asylum where they cannot leave, and they don't know why they can't leave and how they got there or why they're there, but they have been forced by circumstance to live together and create a life. And that's how the show begins. Did you explain this as uh, they they might go back to their normal life after being in the asylum and this might, would modify it? Like is, that, is that part of it? I like that there's an interpretation. I yeah, like I like just leaving it open. I yeah. think that's pretty cool. Because I, I take everything as... as an idea of uh, of death or the afterlife or something like that. So I guess when I was watching it for the very first time, it it struck me as a um, you know like what's going to happen as soon as you die when you figure out which direction you're eventually going to go. 
if there is a heaven and hell, that's where you're, you know, where you figure it out. We've watched a lot of Twilight Zone, so yeah, that's not surprising. And it's we almost like first. fighting it out. <laughs> but then, you know, and we luckily got to see it t- for two times. And um, the I think the first time that we did it, we had that young gentleman that uh, had a really good interpretation of what was going on. I thought. And do you girls remember what that was? No. I, <laughs> we had a lot of nice young gentlemen. Yeah. Well, it, it was, what are you talking? Well, it, it was in the very beginning. It was before there were costumes, before there were props. Right. When we did that, and uh, I think I think his interpretation was it was uh, they were they're in this place as long as they're in the public eye, as long as people remember them, and when they uh. because they're because they're kind of not well known women of history mm-hmm. that. Uh, once they are completely forgotten in people's minds, that's when they leave the house. And I liked that version. To I thought clarify, that was, that was one of the other audience members that was giving feedback. Right. Yeah. That was his theory. And that's kind of stuck with me, too. That's yeah. what I, I Now that you said that, I do yeah, remember that. Remember and that's, that. uh, I actually almost... I, I love when that. audience members come up with better ideas than <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> no, no, no you just have to go like, yes, that. yes. That's, <laughs> we totally exactly. that. I totally yeah. meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we all have very solid opinions about what is in or outside of the asylum and why they're there. However, I think that a lot of them are very different, and I think that that is valid. I think that's kind of the way we created the piece. I love that. I love love that it's very interpretive. Yeah. You know, it's like interpretive dance, but not terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That that was what we were aiming for. Good, good, good. We wanted to be slightly better than interpretive dance. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> Not as good as Shakespeare, but you know, some somewhere, somewhere in between. that spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I loved about this play was it was such a historical, you know, you know, learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. Because coming into this, I didn't know who Brenda Spencer was. I only knew who Anna Anderson was. I only knew who Bathory was. So this was a really good learning experience and right. learning who these really prominent women of history were. So props to you women for bringing these, you know, ladies out who not many people learned about. And one of the things that I got from the audience members of my friends who came and saw the show was just like, I'm going to Wikipedia this shit as soon as I get home. Yeah. I was like, that is awesome. So you're going to continue to learn about, you know, all these women and the, and you know, more about these people. I, I heard that from from a lot of the women that are that are acting in the play, and it's. I love that you all researched so. It, it seems like you all researched so in depth into your characters, and it it really comes out. Like you really feel that. Well, we now have two other actors in the room besides Christine. Yeah, so. do you guys yeah. want to introduce at least yourself. introduce yourselves? Come on. <laughs> I will pretend that I am here. Oh, so, so everybody knows all that crinkling is the popcorn bags uh, of these popcorn, other people. Yeah. Thank you for the <laughs> Of the other actresses, yeah. Um, <laughs> my name is Emily Swara. I played Cassie Chadwick in the play. Cassie Chadwick is um, an absolutely amazing woman who was also an asshole. Um, <laughs> she was born Betsy Bigley and kind of... Took on many different names throughout her life, but her most famous one was Cassie Chadwick, where she impersonated the illegitimate daughter of Andrew Carnegie and stole two and a half million dollars in the late 1800s, which is just a huge amount of money. Um, and I think started one of the very first Ponzi schemes, which I am so proud of. <laughs> 
she's she was brilliant. Um, she's much smarter than I am, and so I just was really honored to play her and to try to, to do her memory justice, um, even though I would not like to have met her in person. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm enthralled by her memory. Yeah, I love you know being a Pittsburgher. I love the Andrew Carnegie aspect of that. That was Definitely. that was something that when when you said that when we first saw it, that I thought like that kind of put that in perspective. Yeah, I, I really I really want to find out a lot more about you because is is this true? Because there's so many lies built into the play. I had a hard time remembering what was real and most and of the lies was, are her fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of the ones that I I thought was very fascinating as a Pittsburgher. I thought it was very fascinating because yeah. obviously. Toronto Manor is a Pittsburgh-based place, and, and you girls are, are, as far as I know, Pittsburgh-based, so we have to talk about our city to some extent, but <laughs> see, that, that's part of what we do. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out to Pittsburgh, Wait. I, I think I went a little naughty <laughs> Well, you know what? I think this might be something that we talk about eventually uh, on every one of our podcasts. On the last podcast, we ended up teaching a Frenchman who has lived here on and off for 40 years in Pittsburgh, uh, how to say downtown yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, there was an He's... lesson. He was 70 in French, and it was very oh. cute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so, is there any Pittsburgh word that you girls say specific? I know this is way getting off topic, but just for the hell of it. Anat. Anat? I say yins. It started out ironic, but now it, has it's become just stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I say it's not a word, but it's like a Manipulation of, of poor manipulation of grammar, but I say like have done or needs, needs done. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Instead of to be without the right. what, what, conjunction yeah. or what, yeah. whatever you call it. Yeah. Which is also a, also a British thing. Just mm-hmm. to say. Is it really? Yeah. Then I feel okay. better. About north doing North it. North of England. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. This may or may not be a Yinzer thing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, my grandmother. Uh, Irish roots, uh, she always said warsh. So, when I Okay, it is So, every time, you know, mm. I talk to my roommates about, like, I'm going to go do laundry, and it's like, I got to go wash my clothes. Warsh. And that, that, I don't know if, again, that's 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 just my upbringing with my grandmother, but uh, apparently it is Yinzer. Yeah. Oh, it's very... I have family that says that, too. Hey, Jenny. She's, Jenny. she's Jenny. bursting at the seams. We've she got another. Some... Hey, there. Yo, she she's just on. Jenny from the block. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, my name is Jenny Malarkey, and I play uh, Billy Tipton, who, as you are hearing, is another fascinating story. Uh, Billy Tipton was born Dorothy Tipton, and was um, in love with jazz music from the beginning, and wanted to get a job as a jazz musician. This is in the the thirties, nineteen thirties, and decided, well, hey, if I dress like a man, I will have a better chance of getting a job. So Dorothy Tipton put on a suit, tie, and a hat, went out, got the first job that she auditioned for. And then later on, the Dorothy Tipton started fading away, and the Billy Tipton is what took full center. And eventually, Billy separated from all the past life, so no one knew about Dorothy anymore, and was able to live a life fully as Billy Tipton, Mm. had multiple wives, you know, adopted children, and the children and the final wife claimed to have no idea that Billy was a woman until one day Billy collapsed on the kitchen floor and the medic came in to resuscitate, opened up the shirt, and there was the female anatomy. And (laughs) 
If you can imagine, especially the sons thinking this is, you know, your father, yeah. and then finding out that gender-wise, your father was not male, but female. Yeah, there are lots of... I have to question what, the why until they didn't... Was it Was there an excuse? Like, did, they, did he say he had his wiener blown well, he off? he died. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, there was an excuse because he never got fully naked when they would make love. So okay. there was always bandages... And the excuse was that when um, Billy was a young, young child, there was a car accident that damaged ribs, his ribs, and so the bandages had to always be there to help support huh. the ribs. And people were very stupid. Back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were very gullible. I know. Yeah. And there's this huh. book where they interview some of the women that he was with, and they were like, "Well, I was just so naive about sex. I had no idea, and I thought what he was doing is what sex was." And yeah. so, you know, there, he was able to to live this. Ma masquerade? Would you call it masquerade? I don't know. This, yeah. yeah, this other, this life as Billy Tipton. It's lucky that we have such a more open society nowadays, because nobody would be naive enough to to yeah. not get away with that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's insane. Well, nothing like transgendered. The nothing even close to the term or the definition exists in Billy's day. So. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Yeah. So who even knows what right, yeah. Billy actually thought or felt? About yeah, it's hard to things really like put that. a definition. Were there any on memoirs or anything? But there is a book. Okay, that is written. Yeah, um, suits me. Is called it's oh that's cute called. yeah <laughs> and the picture the cover of the book is half a picture of billy and then half a picture of dorothy combined oh, together nice. so you can see yeah what what era was that was he from or she from born in 1914 okay. so music's around the 30s 40s and 50s okay um, yeah. kansas city missouri you know oklahoma city that kind of area okay. seattle eventually yeah huh. very cool yeah we uh, do you have? Is there like a place online where people would be able to to uh, to learn what all the women are, or is there even just? We have a PDF. Just, do you? Yeah. Okay. If you have anything that we could take and, sure. and put out there, I would love to do sure. that. Sure. Because your um, uh, it's your just so program is well. We'll take we'll take anything you do. anything that I don't have to do work on I'm fine with because okay. uh, <laughs> we have your program downstairs yeah. but that means I got to type a bunch of shit and I don't want to do it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to leave the thing? Yeah, please, God, <laughs> give me less work to do because I don't even know why I started I will the give podcast you a thing, thing to be linked. More very work. cool. Yay, things to link. You girls are very wonderful. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Is the house next door was owned? It was recently bought by uh, Eric. Don't say his last name. Okay, that's our fine. friend uh, Eric. Our friend Eric. <laughs> and uh, as far as I know, because he's a mystery, apparently we're supposed to be calling him a mystery. Um, he's somewhat in the uh, uh, the opera seen in Pittsburgh. And Savoy Arts? He, he's, he seems like a wonderful man every time that we met him. And I know he's that he's dying to have you girls do at least another month. He was very excited the last time we talked. <laughs> oh, I know. I'll just I know he was pushing Give him yeah. some wine. He gets excited yeah. about pretty much Aww. anything. But yeah. hey, that's, that's a good person to have. Yeah. Neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> the first time we yeah. met him, he came over on Halloween night during trick or treat, and he said, "Surprise! I'm your new neighbor." Because that house <laughs> had been abandoned for five years, and as yeah. far as we knew, you know, nobody was ever going to move in. And we said, "Well, do you drink?" And he goes, "I'm Irish." I'm like, "All right, you're you're fantastic. You'll be the best." Eric's of amazing. I love him. Good yeah. job, Eric. He's great. <laughs> So how how did uh, I assume that it was through the, the opera section of Pittsburgh or some sort of play? How did you girls get in touch with Eric? Well, did he find him. you? Yeah. Um. Interestingly enough, uh, I used to do opera. What? Why? 
Uh, <laughs> you're um, a beautiful singer. Uh, uh, and actually met him then um, and invited him to do an improv project probably around four years ago, which was a combination of improv and um, Gilbert and Sullivan called Hail Poetry, mm. which was an improvised Gilbert and Sullivan project. Oh, um, I would he love was, to see that. Uh, it, it was yeah. super fun. Yeah. Uh, so he was on that team for, for the small duration that that lasted. We only were planning on doing a small run for that. Um, and so I've, I've known him for about four or five years, but weirdly, actually, Abby met him through some other channel and Which was like... Emily. Oh, through, uh, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Um, and it was like, oh, I know this person who might be able to rent as a house. His name is Eric. Uh, Eric. Beep! Eric. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, it was like, oh, I know that guy. And he, he likes me. So, <laughs> uh, so this may work out just fine. You should hear That's it on the mic. Happening. It's it's right next to the microphone. That's what we're in the attic. We're all just yeah. peeing on everything. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. wonder so much better. People wonder how, <laughs> this is how Toronto Manor guys. Yeah. Well, people wonder how the what inhabitants the of the manor live for as long as they do. I personally am six hundred and ninety five years old. Six ninety six uh, in April of the and uh, but really, it's it's drinking young virgin uh, urine. So yeah, there's, there's that. Good evening, folks. We interrupt this Trundlecast to bring you yet another live news bulletin. I am your senior news anchor. I forgot my name, but we have reports that there are sadists and masochists downstairs of Trundle Manor performing unnatural acts. To animals and humans alike, we've got some live recordings that we are going to play for you folks, and let's get down to the bottom of what's happening. Take it away, Mr. Arm. So I want you to maybe give me your name, or your pen name, I'm good with either, if you're ashamed of what you're doing here, uh, and then uh, tell me just a microcosm of your experience cutting the fuck out of some squirrels at Trundle Manor. You want me to go that way? Okay. I'm going past you, baby. You've already talked about things. Uh, I'm Eric Thrasher, and it went to cut dead animals. And <laughs> That's on you, buddy. <laughs> I'll give you all the carcasses if you want them. I'm the one that's going to have to eat them. <laughs> My name is Jill Helfrick, and this is a crazy experience. Fun. Do it, because it's um, marking off your bucket list. It's fun. <laughs> We've got a full bucket here at Shadow Manor, too, so that works out quite well. Right? Here. It's, it's right next to me, the bucket, and it's pretty gross. On it, if I shove this microphone in your face, it's because it's old as shit and doesn't work so good. So uh, deal with it. Just put it right up to your face. I haven't rubbed this against anything terrible. Terrible. Hi, I'm Annie Juntinen, and I'm having way more fun than I think I should be. <laughs> or at least more than I thought I would have. Yeah. That is the beauty of the cutting up of squirrels. It can be terrible, but as long as you give in to it, it could be fun. Feel free to soothe your squirrel anytime at Trundle Manor. I'm uh, Derek Ledbetter, and I'm currently cutting the genitalia of a squirrel pro bono. Uh, yeah, I just want the sack, really. 
We'll take the balls, you can have the sack. Velda has plans for the balls. I do. There's a lot of ladies in it who would be so happy to have squirrel ball pendants or presents or balls involved. Big plans. And unfortunately, Billy, our, uh, our Igor, had a little bit of an issue with some maggots with her squirrel. So she had to sit this one out, but it allowed her to make us enough drinks to keep us going. It wasn't like I was offended by the maggots presence per se you know they're maggots when they're maggots thing i really can't <laughs> hold that against them the fact that the squirrel itself had been dead a little too long for it to be skinnable so it, it was forced to be it a little earlier than expected but oh, maggots you do your maggot thing you know i'm, I'm, I'm not holding hey, one out of ten isn't too bad so well that's it that's our very short little interviews with some of the folks uh cutting up some dead shit Oh, hold on. Let's hear some crunch. Hold on. <laughs> that was the removal of some di digits. So, for General Manor and our micro interview, hopefully this microphone works and hopefully we can put this into the goddamn podcast. Enjoy! Yay! Yay! Oh, well, that, uh, that sort of just seems like a, a taxidermy class of some sort. I don't think there was any sadism going on. They seemed to all enjoy it, and it seemed quite wholesome. That's kind of gross for Trundle Manor, but, well, probably good for our legal department. Not much of a news story, though, folks. Sorry for the interruption. Now back to the Trundle Cat. So thank the, you girls for yeah. providing that, and I'm very so surprised lovers. to know that you're all virgins. All That's for. so strange. <laughs> all you need because you're all beautiful. Women. All you need to do to be a virgin is say that you are one. So according to oh, history, wait, right? wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> oh God. is this fake virgin pee? Oh, this is not. Oh have no, any it's the blood of these whores killing you. Uh, Actually, is my baldness coming back? Very intrusive um, virginity tests, like especially for someone like. Um, I'm uh, sure any virginity test would be pretty interesting. Well, yeah, that's I'm just saying. Yes. Um, if she, Saint Joan of Saint Joan of Arc, uh, who's actually one of our the, one of the pictures on yeah. our wall, um, former resident. She nice. Uh, like whenever she would travel to a different castle or a different uh, part of France, there was this routine, and it was just part of the routine welcoming uh, her in, into the castle or, or the stronghold. Uh -huh. That she would go off with some ladies who would then undress her, who would check to see if she would have a hymen, check it off, wow. and then she would be sent on her <laughs> sent on her way. So, uh, like, I, there's about 16 of these visits that, like, you... Where, that are recorded? That are recorded, wow. that where, like, she was continuously checked to make sure that she was a virgin, because it's one thing to dress like a man and lead an army, but let's be... Let's put our let's, ducks in a row. Let's talk first, about what's you know, important, exactly, exactly. Can I just say how great it is that that seems so ridiculous <laughs> in modern-day society? I'm glad that that's not okay oh, anymore. God, yeah. yeah. There was a horror movie we watched that was about this hillbilly family out in the middle of the woods. It had this giant pit 
and they would sacrifice. People would get killed, and their blood would go in, into the pit. I drunkenly like, fell, like, I drunkenly fell asleep during that. But jug it, face? Yes. Okay. It was really good. Uh, and the most horrifying part was not the pit that drank hillbilly blood. It was the mother who was sexually abusive and kept checking her daughter to see if she had a hymen. Hillbilly oh sexual activities are not okay, and the whole thing was very cringy, the, but right, very, very well done. Sounds abusing. awesome. It's awesome. Sounds like a family film. I want to watch I'd show it to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I Easter know. Sunday? Yes. Okay. I'll let you know a few days how that goes. <laughs> Thank you. You know, after going to Velda's family's uh, house for Easter Sunday, oh. I'd be happy to watch something about hillbilly hymen checking. So if anybody <laughs> wants to join this us. why Jesus died for our sins. <laughs> hillbilly hymen Check checking. Our so if you girls want to watch a, a, a hymen checking good time. Come this conversation to tra- is degraded. And right? if anybody wants to start a band well, called Hillbilly Hyman Checking, well, you need to trademark that right now. Yeah. Call the copyright lawyer. Get him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. As I was saying, feel free to Not come to the sorry. manor because I think we might drunkenly be watching that at you know two in the morning on Sunday. So feel free. Come on over. Since we have uh, an audience oh, member no. here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bring her in. Bring her in. <laughs> I'm interested to bring Sit, sit Indian style on the floor and tell us about your experience. Yeah. I want to hear from the audience. And be, and um, if you're sure. sli- watch the zebra if you're sliding chairs. Oh, yeah. Watching the zebra. That little son of a bitch is so dry rotted. We moved it up here. It he's used to be part well. of tours. Yeah. Don't worry about it, though. He, he's falling apart. Poor zebra. Moving on. Introduce yourself if you Hi, would. Hi, my name is Michelle Riches, and I saw the show tonight, and it was fantastic. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know what to st- how to where to start. There's so much to say. So if we have specific questions, when you fir- <laughs> when you first walked in, when you first walked into the to the play, like what were your initial reactions? Like in the in the little vestibule when you were just met with the two ladies that were you know getting you prepared for it. How did you feel? Like what did what did that? Well, I initially walked in, and I was I was so nervous about being late and not uh, like dawdling on the porch. So I I found the door immediately and walked in, and uh, Anne greeted me, and I know Anne, uh, but in the, in the house I didn't know Anne. So she came up to me and we started speaking, but then it was immediately like, oh okay, she's in character. I can't yeah. pretend that we're gonna have a conversation. So that that threw me off. But um, after that, it was just like it was. Very interesting because uh, walking in there, I knew it was going to be a, a strange house, um, and I'm kind of expecting a haunted house at this point. So walking in, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was it was nice to just kind of like sit there in semi silence with uh, the other people because it, it I think it prepared you for what was ahead. It's like okay, this is going to be something we experience together, um, even if we don't know each other as well. And I didn't know anyone in the lobby, so that was or the lobby, um, <laughs> the entrance. So that was that was very interesting. I think that was the most disturbing thing to me is that I I met these girls before, but then they stared at me so. Vacantly. They probably stared at you harder that, because you knew them. <laughs> no, that was the worst part. I'm, I'm like, should I smile because I've met them before, or am I supposed to? Am I in character now? <laughs> Is this part of the thing? But uh, but I kind of like you that. Did aspect. show it was a cummerbund, so 
<laughs> well, well, he does we're that. fancy folk. We I mean, walked. You, we were outside. You want us to Three come out steps and, outside. and <laughs> You guys and, came in with goblets of uh, alcohol that's too. True. That's you true. You did come yeah. in with goblets. Well, to be yeah. fair, that we go to the movies with that. I, I'll tell you. Here, this is a sober event. It is. Well. Oh yeah. Except for us, because we live next door. So sorry. It's okay. This will come out after we're close. <laughs> <laughs> this That's was true. a sober. This was a, <laughs> was sober, a sober event. <laughs> to be fair, we finished. Abby says with a glass of wine in her hand. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, we finished them before the show started, so it was a non-drinking well, event for us too. For for uh, for future notes for you girls, if you just had a box of wine <laughs> on hand Casually. for people that randomly Casual brought, you know, yes, well, set, yes. you, you could set need- one on the fireplace, one. Box when you come room. in, one when you, yeah. one when you get like into into cave. the, <laughs> no, bathroom. no bathroom, mind you, yeah. but we have a room dedicated to booze. Oh, yes. fill the bathtub yes. with wine. Well, or see, that. I don't think it was proposed. Yeah, yeah, I that's fantastic. Yeah. I was sad to not see a bathtub filled with wine. I really was. Uh, there's no drink. Bloody well in expensive. That bathtub. <laughs> also, that's a problem. That's well, then you drink it yeah, throughout drink the it. throughout the show, and eventually, she's just, just like. Eventually, it's just like just enough to cover her butt cheeks. Yeah, ready? You come here because I'm gonna I'm gonna murder you. Relax, killer. I got something to show you. I still think that you asked for that vodka bag not to clean the clothing, but so that you could have something to to motivate you throughout the day. I might have left it. It's okay if you did. Well, we had the rum, so it was fine. Yeah. You bought way too much booze for the I first night, and, which is a no- which it, is it's a normal fine. amount for a Trundle Manor party. But your people don't drink that much. So, uh, since we do have an audience member here, who uh, I, I want to ask, and, and to you guys too, like, what do you have any questions? For us, because we can now answer those. We've done two podcasts in other venues before this, Neat. where we kind of set awesome. up the mystery. Yeah. So this, I think, would be a great opportunity to dispel some of the mystery yeah. Yeah. of what we can, or are willing to. <laughs> what 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 do you girls think was the light? The, just the final yeah. thing, like that's so fascinating. The light outside that they went into. The final light that they got pushed into. What do you, what, what do what's you in your mind specifically? I have a I was in one of the groups and I didn't I only saw one person leave and I was so distracted by what was happening in the other room I was like darting between the two Um, and I didn't even have time to process it until I got back here and then I was I was talking to Tamara about it and I was just so confused about it and I think I really like the idea that it was um, them being forgotten but Mm -hmm. that wasn't my idea so I can't steal that I had no idea that was the biggest problem for me like I was like wanted to understand yeah the reasonings or something they're saying yeah Mm -hmm. but but I like that I think that was part of it because then you got to come up with your own you know if you really wanted to but but now that we have the girls here I want to know what they thought that it was specific one at a time how about that okay go to town um I think actually Abby and I might be in agreement okay. on this, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll answer and like we'll find out. I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, my assumption is because uh, these characters are plucked from the middle of their lives. Uh, they're like not necessarily even aware of 
you know, how they end up or maybe oh. some of their future crimes sometimes, uh, that the light is them being thrust back into wherever in that point in time of the history that they were plucked out of, they are being reinserted, probably with no memories of ever having been in the asylum. Oh. Um, that I, is, I would agree so, with that. So what, what would you say that the, the reason for the asylum was? I think that is a great question. Uh, that, me and Abby, I don't know if we have the same answer. To me, um, the asylum is this one opportunity to be with with no other pressures in their lives to say, uh, for, for example, for Brenda, who has a disruptive family life, and that could be why she shot those kids, mm-hmm. um, a, a shot up a, a school, essentially. If we take all those elements away from your life, could this be a way for you to have find peace? Here's, here's that moment of clarity. Yeah. Can you find peace with all those elements taken away from you? Or are you, in your essence, as a person... Not at peace. Not at peace. And there's... I think we're on the same page about that. And I think there's a notion that is briefly proposed um, and easily missed, but not... And that's fine. Uh, in our show that the asylum was much, once much larger than it is and perhaps in my mind vastly larger and perhaps in my mind could have if given the correct energy the opposite of what it was given where it collapsed if given the correct energy it could have grown and grown and grown and grown and included more and more people that were given this opportunity to just just live and be um but then again i think that one thing that we might see differently on that same page is that these women were selected by in our in our minds a a person a, a force an individual force that selects them and takes them out of their own lives and says you deserve a chance to do this yeah but it's not necessarily certain that those people, once they get there, feel that same way. I think one of the most disturbing parts of it for me was the fact that the room went black and mm. wasn't there. Yes, and I it was love shrinking, that aspect. and that scared the shit out of me. I don't like that. I don't like that aspect. <laughs> I don't like things going away. <laughs> There's several reasons he doesn't like that because we're yeah. afraid of terrors that happen within the house, and he's right. also afraid of being forgotten in yep. his lifetime. So I feel like. Twofold that really disturbed the hell out of you. Left, uh, Mm -hmm. but that uh, one of the Rosie's room. Yeah, yeah. One Mm. of the one of the things that you discover about Cassie Emily Suarez's character um, is that she has this dread of being boring, of fading into Mm -hmm. obscurity, and that's what's what drives her as well. So there's this magic mirror in the household, and it shows everybody very different things, and it shows her being drab and boring. No, don't leave. Oh, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to turn to a pumpkin. <laughs> Bye, guys. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you. Also happens in the Billy house. Jenny turns into a pumpkin. Yes, of course. Wonderful to have you. But I guess uh, 
Yeah, you know, you've been chomping at the bit. I want you to, to oh, talk yeah. about. Well, um, I, I'll talk a li- talk to you a little bit about Brenda Spencer because I realized I didn't really explain her really well. She's uh, the mother of schoolyard shootings. She's the first person to ever commit a schoolyard massacre back in January 29, 1979. Right outside of her house was Clover Cleveland Elementary School with her uh, Ruger 22 caliber rifle, which was a Christmas gift from her father. She opened fire open-fired on the school. What a pain in the ass to shoot people with. I know, right? <laughs> with 20... Um, she wounded eight small children, a police, police officer, and killed the principal and the custodian. And at the time, why she committed the, that crime, she said, I just don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. <laughs> I so, love that. So, and that's where that comes from. I know people have heard that before. As far as like a, a, a murderer. Yeah. Oh, and uh, she's trying to get out of the attic. It's yeah. it's kind of hard, actually. If you sh- if you shut our you office door, it's even Jumanji. harder to get out. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, that's you. all right. But uh, yeah, and, and I learned so much about about her. Again, I didn't know anything about Brenda Spencer before I was cast, and I learned so much about her. So with this play, I um, did you me, did you look her up when you were uh, auditioning? So that you when knew what to play, or when I was auditioning, um, I I read a little bit about what this play was going to be about, and I was really excited for this audition because this was a really exciting, you know, interesting thing. Because immersive theater is very new with Pittsburgh and it's very up and coming. That when I read about this play, I was just like, okay, I'm not going to read too much into this because if I don't get cast in this, I'm going to be really depressed. So I did very few research as possible before getting cast in this. So when I realized I was cast in this as Brenda Spencer, that's when I started my research. So after I was cast in this, I did more research on it. So by the time that by uh, late January, when we started... our show is when I knew everything there was to know about Brenda Spencer. So with Brenda Spencer, I um, after she committed this horrible crime, before she um, uh, said, "Hold on, hold on, okay. I'm sorry, they someone's can't get stuck." Out of the attic, the do- attic door is closed. Did you push the, the exit? Thing? Yes. Button? Nothing happened. Push the exit button and nothing happened. Yeah. Push the exit button, <laughs> pull it towards you, <laughs> and then it'll open. This happened during the show today. It worked. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. Okay. Okay. Good night. Is Emily still down there? You have to. Yeah, you have to hit the button and pull on the handle a little bit so it releases. I both at the same time. Not at the same time. Within a couple seconds. Okay. Trundle Manor's attic is one of the hard. I'm sorry to interrupt again, but Trundle Manor's attic is one of the hardest places to get out of. Actually, me in the attic sometimes. If you shut that door, I have to buzz you out to let you out of my office because. My office is designed for me to win arguments. <laughs> That's just the way that it is. And uh, right now we have the RFID chip reader uh, activated for our bookshelf upstairs door. Sometimes you can get in by pulling on a book. Sometimes you have to have a very special technological key <laughs> to get into the book, to, to get into the attic. But um, This but- is not the first, nor... Well, hopefully last time we will be stuck in an attic <laughs> in the course of this production. So during the rehearsal process, there's this one scene that is a kind of mime, pantomime scene in this one very, very creepy attic room. And me... Um, the little room, right? The one yeah, off the to the side. Room. I love that. Um, me, uh, the, the mute 
actress mm-hmm. uh, who's not really Audrey. Me, Audrey uh, and uh, Courtney, who who plays our new woman. Uh, we're rehearsing this, and I was like, oh, it would be really cool if, uh, you know, you kind of slam the door shut behind you so that the audience feels trapped in this little room. So she does that. We start pantomiming, going through the motions of the scene, and then at the end of that run of the scene, we go to open the door, and we are locked in. <laughs> there is no doorknob on the door. No. Um, there... <laughs> So there was nothing to turn, there was nothing to rattle, so we start screaming at the top of our lungs, which of course was ig- work. ignored by... Because, <laughs> well, they thought it was part of the play, exactly. so yeah. They're, they're, they're like, oh, Anne's having them scream. <laughs> I, we legitimately couldn't hear them from the bottom floor, actually. <laughs> so Courtney winds up... Uh, Courtney doesn't know anybody's numbers downstairs. <laughs> uh, she's the only one with a cell phone, so she winds up posting on Facebook, "Hey, we're trapped, in, we're the trapped in the attic. No, really, guys." <laughs> I did, this was I glanced at my phone, and I was like, "Oh, I think maybe they're trapped upstairs." <laughs> we did manage to run this scene about three times before. Uh, you know, we were yeah. interrupted by being saved, but was, was that during like an actual thing with 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 people that paid? No, to no, get in? no. This was during rehearsals. Oh, rehearsal. oh okay. 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 Tonight, after months <laughs> and months of this not happening, it winds up. Luckily, no one was inside yeah. at the time. Yeah. Luckily, because it could have. Yeah. Uh, just a few moments before, people were inside the room, and they move into another room, yeah. and that door is shut, and it locked then. Um, luckily, everybody was outside yeah. the room, but we could have easily locked two audience members and a camera person <laughs> in our. <laughs> and there would have been documentary footage <laughs> of what happens when you get locked in Boom. Audrey's room. Oh my which god. Which is possibly the most claustrophobic location in the entire and house. The creepiest room, it is too, the I want to say. I love it's my it. favorite room. It is it's house. a really fantastic room. We interrupted you talking about I'm your sorry. They got trapped and, and you got interrupted. I'm not sure when I last left any, off. Anytime that I can talk about Toronto Manor, I'll just break off and talk about it. That's sorry. Awesome. You know, no, no, no. I'm proud great. of how hard it is this to get is out great. of my attic. Yeah. yeah. That was actually very hilarious when I saw <laughs> this all happening as well. I guess I was talking about um, when Brenda Spencer was plucked. Yeah. So I guess uh, in my in my head, Brenda Spencer was plucked and put in the asylum right before she uh, said that she was guilty for committing this crime. And yeah. she was put into this asylum. And for her, this asylum is definitely a safe haven for her. This is the life she never had because she was very much, you know... She's a victim. She seemed like a loner, right? Exactly. She was very much a loner. She was a victim of rape by her own father. You know, she was very alienated. She never had a home. She never had a mother. So, you know, these women, they were the mother figures she never had. This was the home she never had. This was very much a safe haven. So when things went down in the house, it was like everything just became on edge for her and everything was a challenge for her. And she has her nature again she was fighting her nature and she was fighting for what she wanted Mm -hmm. so the stakes were very high for brenda spencer and she was very much 
she was very uh, fun to play in that aspect. I, I definitely uh, felt that too. It was very yeah. much a challenge. Yeah. And with this being immersive theater, uh, this was my second experience in, in immersive theater. This was definitely a challenge for me, and I had so much fun. It was very gratifying for me to be able to do this. Yeah, I think you girls definitely pulled it off, and I know Absolutely. there was there was a time uh, when. We got to experience uh, you giving notes to one of your actors, and that was uh, w which one was the mute? If you don't mind me, I I, I don't remember names. Amanda. Audrey, Amanda. Amanda. Uh, when you you were telling her like don't you know don't touch people maybe you know during this one scene in uh, uh, where you're you're sitting down to eat, and she's going around and actually noticing the people. That, I love that moment. Right. <laughs> for legal reasons. But, yeah, yeah. but here's the thing, though. I think that to some extent, being like a smaller uh, uh, run where you... you and, and people might not know this, but you can only have six people at a time, sometimes eight. If, if yeah. You know, if you're like us and you needed to be crammed Please. in. <laughs> but, um, but I think that, you know, there should be... Maybe there should be something where uh, if you ever do something like this again, uh, I know that... that you know, being interacted with at at one point, you know, is very intense for interactive because you're because you get so used to being the background, you get so used to not actually it does existing. You. It would definitely would to when all of a one of the actors finally yeah. acknowledges you. It's very startling, and if you could get them to, you know, or if you could get your audience to sign something or to just be a part of it, you know, and, and not you know nothing like I'm gonna throw you against the wall, but you know. You know, she gets to stroke your. No, but just maybe, maybe but, a little pet or a little. But yeah. she gets to stroke your face without you know you feeling like you're going to get sued for her touching someone. But like, I love that aspect, and I think that's that's very important in this kind of theater. I I, I personally don't see a point of doing immersive theater if. You, the audience is not in some way incorporated right. into the action. Of course. If they're going to be uptight about it, then why are they there? Right. And if they're merely a voyeur solely, then th that's not immersive theater. That is a play that you're watching up close. Right. Right. Um, so... To me, you got to wander yeah. on stage. Good for you. Yeah. So to me, breaking that wall, especially during the production, as as the house itself is crumbling, that fourth wall is also crumbling. So that that last scene, you are there. You yeah. are within the room, and you are important. You yeah. Yeah, and I think since you guys, since that note happened, which was quite a while ago, we it kind was. of worked out this uh, system with Amanda, where so there's there's a scene. Uh, at the end of the, what we would like to call the first act of the play, there's like three acts of the play. They're all very condensed because it's only 90 minutes, but basically each 30 minutes is one act. And at the end of the first act, there's a scene in which Amanda goes around and interacts with audience members. And we had initially told her that she can't touch anyone without their permission. So we kind of figured out subtle ways that she can get people's permission. Mm -hmm. She would be like, oh... She would point at someone's watch and be like, "That's a nice watch." And, and sometimes then people will would be right. like, "Here her. you go." Yeah. Oh right. yeah. yeah, yeah. So that if there's kind of that nonverbal communication of yes, go consent. ahead, touch my hair, touch, <laughs> touch, do whatever. Unspoken yeah. consent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of I, like we had somebody dancing with her the other day, which Aww, was really that's cute. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so we decided if, if they're okay with it, then it's fine. But there have also been people that have been, she's been like, oh, nice watch. And they've been like, oh my God, get away from me. Aww. And she's like, okay, on to no. the next person. No. <laughs> 
Well, those kind of people, I wonder, what the hell did you think you were getting into? Yeah, you got into a very exclusive thing, and you're well, not okay well, with it. I think, the hell? I, well, I also think that when you go to any sort of immersive production, there is the rule learning. Um, and you walk into the house, you... We have to kind of teach you what the rules are. We have to teach you, okay, you know, here here are these two objects that you're supposed to follow. Here's exactly what we kind of expect from you at this particular time. I think that's really necessary, too, yeah. because it is a different space, and it does look like you're walking into somebody's house. And I, you know, I would never assume this, but I think many people may think that there's different rules, that they can just wander off or whatever. Right, like, they need right. to be told, you know? But it's also interesting, the rules that people put in their own minds. For yeah. example, uh, what astounds me every single night um there are some people who feel like who, who feel like i hope that they feel that they can walk around the room and get uh, you know if they yeah. feel like they're not getting the right angle to find a better angle if they find an object that they really want to examine to step forward yeah. and, and look at that piece of information that's in a file but there are many people who feel and it's completely in their heads they've mm -hmm. written this rule for themselves that they must plant themselves and not move, even if they hate being in the spot they're in. Or that they have to get out of an actor's way, way. or something like that. Um, which is amazing, because this is not a, this is never a rule we say. Well, it's very that. personal, yeah. yeah. It, it is. is a rule that they have written for themselves, that they're constraining themselves in this way. I've seen people who really want to look into these files that we've created mm -hmm. so that you can look into them. There's information. Well, that's what I said, like, the things that, the things that, that if you give us something, I'd love to have just one of those files. And don't make me a copy. I want one of the ones that actually were part of the play. And I want you fuckers to sign the damn things, too. Because without you signing them, they're almost worthless to me. And they're cute, but, you know. No, we want something personal. Yeah. Because this was such a unique thing for us. But, no, I know what you mean about the personal space thing. And... I ride the bus every day to work, so I'm used to personal space and trying to create my own bubble and get away the get the fuck away from mm -hmm. everybody. So I noticed myself doing that, but I realized that was you know they're gonna work around me, of course. Like I'm not really in anybody's way. I just you know I always feel that I am in everyday life. Yeah, and when you girls ended up doing the thing where you know in the very beginning you say like I can't remember if you did, but in my mind I thought like maybe you said when we sit. You sit and, yeah. and things like that. I, I think that is so important. Yeah. You know, if if you say like, uh, I think it, all that you would have had to do was say, uh, if you know, you may be touched by the actors. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be touched, just put up your hand, and the actors will not touch you. And that's all. Like yeah. they will stop. Like something so simple as that can just happen, and it can continue the flow. And the you know the audience member doesn't have to say anything. It just moves it on that's all and i think something that simple could add so much more because i i think as far as immersive plays go the more the audience members are allowed to interact yeah the better you know yeah. to some extent obviously and i love i love the fact that i felt like a ghost until those few moments happened and that was so intense like that made those moments so intense for me it's like oh my god like i probably Shit, they shouldn't see me. be watching this but i, I thought, love that i am watching i thought this. that i yeah like i thought that i was looking through like a little you know a little peephole and all of a sudden i'm here again you know i, I got brought back into the reality and that disturbed me so much i was much. so immersed that was in part of being it. like a phantom that we right. walked next door and it wasn't even until we got in the house that i felt like i was able to talk again <laughs> like right. i kind of right. didn't feel right yes. i was human again <laughs> it, i was like 
so do we feed the cat or something dumb? But <laughs> yeah. I just like I couldn't get back into we being like, a person. Uh, we said to, just to the other audience members. World for right now. Yeah, we said to the other audience members. We said, well, uh, if you ever want to like come next door, let us know. And we're like, oh, you're trying to mentor. We're like, yeah. And then yep, we just bye. walked away. <laughs> we didn't even say anything because I, I didn't want to. I'm like, I, I'm not going <laughs> to ruin really this. It's not about me, you know. Um, for my work at Scarehouse, there, uh, there's actually the, uh, these fear studies going on. If oh. you're you're unaware of it, uh, yeah, ask Margie to get brain tested because um, that is something that's we started this year. We're going to do it next year as well, where we study people's brains before and after the Scarehouse based thing. That's fucking um, awesome. I would love to sign up. For that. And one of the yeah. things that we discovered, um, and I unfortunately I am not a behavioral scientist, so I'm going to make up some language here. Do it. Um, uh, essentially, uh, being shocked, being so out of your element, puts the mind in almost kind of like an autistic state, um, where you you don't you kind of lose language and those aspects of your ability to interact kind of shut down for a little oh. while until you're reincorporated back into normal life. Um, so it's almost uh, this kind of zen state yeah. as well, that because you are pushed out of your 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 normal cause and response um, lifestyle. It so, like puts your mind on pause. Yes. Just this weird... Yes. Oh, I love that. That's so. Scarehouse is is doing some of the studies on that. Oh, yeah, that's yes. so. Um, and not only cool. they, they've been studying some of the um, participants who've come through, but they've also studied the brains of the actors um, yeah. to oh. see how uh, we respond to uh, causing fear. Yeah. Um, and th- I think they've found as well that it's uh, almost a very cathartic experiences as well yeah. that you yeah. know you, you arrive at the at the beginning of the night and you might have the anxieties of or pressures of the day and as you go through the night it becomes yeah uh, I worked at yeah. haunted houses for many years and that's very true that is a very cathartic experience it's funny that she talks about scare house because through other people we know the owners now and she kind of reminds me of Ange Another sort of from, horror-related from friend of ours, yeah. I yeah, I can see that a bit. Like, because she's little and and you know, cute and it's own. alive. Yeah. Movie? Uh, no, the It's Alive show. They're a local TV horror host show. They run the Zombie Fest and the Zombie Walk, and she and her mom run the Easter Bunny stand at Monroeville Mall, which is coincidental. It's not. It's an unrelated Ridiculous. thing. It's not Completely a bad thing. Completely unrelated. But somehow but you, you remind me a lot of her and I like that because yeah. so, she's I can see you know, that she's we always wanted to be closer with her so now that you're a friend of the manor we can be close with you <laughs> more friends yeah <laughs> actually the I'm, I'm getting kind of excited the owner of Scare House is coming this weekend so um, oh yeah. nice oh, Scott's gonna be coming on Great. Friday you Friday. should send him over. I don't I think will. he's ever been here, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I'll totally I, send him over. He's going to a late night show, though, so... With Saturday Night Late? Friday. No, Friday, Friday Night, night late. late. I don't think we have anything. Well, you that, girls that talked about Brenda doing... Spencer's birthday. Uh, That's Brenda true. Spencer you girls talked well. about if you wanted to do something here Friday, I think that we could fit you in. You could I don't do want to push on it. Saturday too? I know that no, you want. No, I, I don't want to like a cast party on Saturday. Oh, okay. But 
I, you know, I don't, I don't want to like be like, oh, this is, you know, I don't want you to get bored with this place. But no, know. I mean, if you guys are Come open, on. we can do it here. <laughs> no, I just don't want to stress you out and do two things in one week. Uh, <laughs> no, no, as long as we got guys, you have look, been our entire life. Oh, yeah. you have been the best neighbors. <laughs> can we give you For like real? a golden neighbor award yes. of some kind? Uh, yes, <laughs> let just, it be. Just something. talk to us after after your shows over. We have this skin rabbit in the attic that you can have. Oh, okay, God. I love that. That is no way came that from your Wait a minute. That, oh, that's mine anyway. It's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> holding that dead rabbit in my arm every performance. <laughs> well, and the first night that I showed up for rehearsals, I showed up an hour early. Yeah. Where you let me into your house and hung out. I was well, in that room all by myself listening to creepy music. Look, it, and I it was, was like, a it was a cute shivering girl out in the cold, and all I was doing was shoveling the walk. So <laughs> it was a good excuse to let you know someone awesome into the manor all there by themselves. Go. It was awesome. I was Which in there. Did Eric warn you guys? No, Eric didn't no. tell us anything. <laughs> no way, shape, or form. Not a fucking thing. We he got told me like, he was going to. Does Eric even like us? Because we, the first time, yeah, I think the first time you heard about us was, I like, I think me and Aaron came to your door asking for tarot cards. Yes, I was giving a tour to people and the doorbell rang and I thought it was more people from that tour who were late because that happens all the time. And you guys asked for tarot cards. Could you borrow a set? And that was, I said, this is like the trundle version of can I borrow a cup of sugar because I'm a neighbor. And of course, I said, I've got like several decks, whichever you like. But yeah, that was the first time we heard anything about the show. Yeah, yeah Eric told us that he told you we he's a liar. Didn't tell anything. He was like, "Yeah, I'll let them know because they'll be totally into it." Well, you know, we were. Yeah, just, absolutely, you just, were. If he would have just let us know. Yeah, you really caught me off guard. Well, like, you know, okay, I've been. This I was. Great. I was trying is? to weasel my way into your show as much as I could. That's why we kept offering props. Like, really can you can, like, can you do? Do you want to do a party here? What do you want to do here? The whole time we've lived here, Eric's house and the house across the driver from us have been abandoned the entire time we've mm-hmm. lived here. And we just desperately want I don't think fun, it's, weird I don't think, is it us, with, honey, that we have... I can't but The only two houses house. next to us <laughs> are abandoned? <laughs> what? No. Is it, is it, could it be us and all of our dead shit outside? I don't the, know. It's the men in black. It's their fault. <laughs> it's a conspiracy, of yeah. course. Our truck is labeled MIB. I don't know. I was hoping that. <laughs> I want to believe. <laughs> I, mean, I know that you do. I want that poster up in here. <laughs> I would love that poster. If you ever look oh for a God. gift for Toronto Manor, find me that poster. Why don't poster. you have this in the office right now? I don't know. Seriously, why don't you have it? I don't know. But, um, but, but yeah, that was. <laughs> no, we were very. So excited, and I want to get it to the point where we could say that this is the cultural section of Swissvale, which so does Eric. fucking well, does not exist because I, I Swissvale is Swissvale. I think yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think that one, we've claimed that it. title. Oh god, yes, <laughs> we can easily claim that title. Right I just, I just we wish that you guys all live it. next door all the time and were our yeah. neighbors, like in real life. Even if you weren't, a, That'd you be know, wonderful. Yeah. even if you can weren't you just in character, Eric think, to let you move in with it. <laughs> I think we'd be happy with that. I don't know that um, I'd be super happy with that. No. no. I mean, I'm oh, well, screw you to live then. Next Jesus. Door or live here. No, know? I'd be happy living next this door to okay, you. Okay, we've got one then. Wonderful. I don't know about all it's ten like of us living in Eric's house, though. With well, it's him a pretty big house. It's a pretty it's big like, house. It's, it's like I told house. you on Brenda Spencer Will Day. It's like I just want to get drunk and sleep out in your coffin. You okay. Know? By the way, I just would like to give a quick shout out to our assistant director, Spencer Will. Spencer whale whose birthday is on friday and did i get to meet spencer 
he was here. He came, yeah. He yeah. was the one, one that was came here. to the party. He was the dude. <laughs> he, was, he was the tall, the only dude. He was the taller dude. No, the guy Aaron's with the a beard? dude. No, yeah, that's Aaron's Aaron. No, that's Aaron. See, that's who I remember. The one without the beard, he was probably fairly sharply dressed. Mm. Yeah. He was um, he was there during the last performance when we saw it with all the costumes and everything. He was here. He was stage managing he was here. doing things, I think. He or? is an excellent human being, no. a, anyway. a graduate of Cornell University, a theatrical genius, a man about town. So why is he not here now? I well, know. we don't... He's also lazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I um, love that I recorded that. We don't, have, we don't that. have room for all of our tech people that work on the show but aren't essential moving mechanisms uh, of the show okay, to go see okay. it all the time, unfortunately. That makes sense. Okay. He also has uh, other theatrical Yeah, he games, has like a million so. sh- things Good going answer. on. Good for yeah, him. He's working for the public. He's working for... Um, he has a, a side gig that he did at the Very Venom. talented yes. young man. He's nice. very talented. Mm-hmm. and in, in no small part, this whole thing is due to him. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, can we lock you down for for tomorrow? Can we Friday. do that? Friday? Yeah, for Friday? Friday? Yeah, if you guys are Come free on. for my birthday. I yeah, love having you girls. Yeah. It's great. Let's do it. We got know? all this extra booze. I, I don't want to burn you out, but, you know, no, I, I'd it. love to have you. We got all this you. extra booze. Don't yeah. pull my leg, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> can we say, like, ten? Only if it's slow can, like, and ten. sensuous. Uh, and, no, we can't, know. because no. on Friday we have we a have show at 10.30. I mean, after. Ten or after is what I mean. We'll be done by midnight. That's fine. We're awake. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I have. Uh, Does I have. Trundle Manor ever sleep? God, fuck no. <laughs> I bloody wish. We normally we sleep about four hours a night. Anton thinks he needs four um, hours. I need at least ten, and you she know. wants to keep sleeping. She has to get up early to go on the bus, and I get up with her, and I stay up <laughs> for some reason. But then I stay up later most of the time. I feel in like the we're evening, casually so. podcasting right now, so can I ask you guys some questions? Please. Let's do ca- it. Do you Let's have a We're going yes, on we an hour's do. length. Yeah. Yeah. He works for his parents. They have a religious art studio down in Braddock. Don't say religious arts. They have an art studio it is, that it's specializes in, in church renovation. Yes, and they do other things, but they do a lot of iconography and mm-hmm. statues and church paintings. They have a really beautiful, colorful style that... But Actually, that's so fascinating. No, no, no. no, no. They, I hate secretly that Secretly, the Pope funds Toronto Manor, and he's... No Holy idea. shit, that is no so idea. fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it. Uh, but... Well, I, I say I hate the phrase of restorative because it, they don't restore paintings. They make Mostly new paintings. Mostly create them, yeah. It's all new. It's all brand new. Wow. They completely redesign interiors of churches to be something. Actually, they redid uh, the church that Andy Warhol's family used to go to uh, in Pittsburgh. It's off the parkway and after the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. You know, it's one of those churches that you could miss. Whatever. They're all churches. But... <laughs> Uh, there was an article written about it because it is Andy Warhol's family search, uh, where the photographer that went in and uh, the article writer that went in uh, started bur- just burst into tears immediately when she saw the works of my parents and when they when they experienced that church, and it was because of my parents' artwork. You know, like there, that's one of those things where. My, I think my parents want me to find a way to take over the business, but the problem is that there's no, um, there's no recognition because priests most of the time just like once you're done with it, you're a contractor. Like that, that's all, you know. You, you just made works it's, for God. You're not an artist. Alone, yeah. You're not an artist. You might as well just paint the goddamn wall, you know. Um, which I I can't get behind. I can't do that because like 
I'm a megalomaniac. I need some kind of recognition, which I don't think is a bad thing for an artist. And as amazing as my parents are, as far as artists go, I... I'm depressed almost half of the days because people aren't recognizing them. You know, they're, they've done so many awesome things that, that, and I'm using the word properly awesome, awe inspiring things where when people walk in, like they, they get like a gut reaction to their artwork. It's not, you know, it's not just, uh, I'm going to the MoMA and, and, you know, seeing some modern art, you know, like they're actually, feeling something because it's in a church and it's religious to some extent and their work is is, is far none beautiful like it is amazing it works of, of uh of, of art and i can't compete compete with that so i don't do painting but i do everything else um but their their company uh, is open to doing anything they just that's a way to make money you know like that's what they do and they've been doing they actually met at another art studio that was doing the same thing uh, and dad was working for them and mom got a job you know as a young artist out of school and, uh, and they met and got together so they just kept working on until they had their own company uh, I don't remember why the hell I'm talking about this oh I asked what did you ask? I asked what your day job was. I work at an embroidery factory, which I went to school for costume design, so it's ever so slightly in my field. But it's the reason I'm there is because it was across the street from Spectre Studios, which was my absolute dream job. It was this fantastic special effects company. I was their seamstress, and everybody who worked there was young and tattooed and weird and beautiful and extra fucking talented. Uh, and unfortunately, being one of them, our darling China that we love so much, but unfortunately, it had to close. Um, so now I'm doing something slightly boring, but at least I can avoid the sun and human beings and just listen to music all day long. So it's not the very worst thing ever. Uh, I'm still looking to do creative things other than that, if any of them come my way. But, you know. Cool. Velda is incredibly talented. She just, you know, she grew up with nobody appreciating her, unfortunately. So that sounds very sad. <laughs> to a large extent. I mean, you, you ended up, um, you know, working, uh, going to school for a theater company that was uh, more into putting you into drab colors, which is not your forte. I did get to do the Rocky Horror show, and that was... That's they, awesome. That's they knew. I was assistant designer for Rocky Horror, and I'm like... Look at me. If somebody else gets this, I will probably yeah. disembowel them. I come to work. I come to school every single day looking like an extra from Rocky Horror. It's just what ridiculous. Were you in Rocky Horror. I was the assistant costumer. That's awesome. Yeah, I was. I was in Rocky Horror for Kelly Brisbane Management Production. Oh, awesome! Yeah, this was for mine was Point Park. I don't even know twenty something several years ago. That's that was still a pretty, awesome. That was a really Thank good you. show. Yeah. It was. Yeah, we got to go see it. We ended up. We ended up going. Going to see it with one of her good friends and doing the callbacks, which I think nobody appreciated but us. I think and, there was. And I, I said to Rachel, and I, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I said to Velda uh, <laughs> that those should have been written into the play. There should have been people in the audience that were doing callbacks for God's sakes. Because how is that not a huge part of Rocky Horror? It was the subject of hot debate whether or not people, the audience, should do callbacks. Because Ugh. of course the movie everybody doesn't, but the movie can't get offended because <laughs> it happened in 1970. And no one's right. watching. But the actors, I think, were not entirely prepared, and there was this great moment where the magenta character says, Eventually, return to Transylvania. And then it was us 
our, our row said, when you learn to say your W's, bitch, which is the callback <laughs> line. And she shot such a look up into the balcony. <laughs> they like pause. It, it did pause for, they paused it, it, for like 10 seconds. Long enough. Seconds. I yeah. felt so bad. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to fuck him up. But man, it was a great experience. It was, everybody had fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. One of her ending, like, uh, one of the ending things that she had a costume. And it was, this was supposed to be her, like, denim yarn. It was the top of what she was doing My at the time. My very final. Her final thing. And they had her do Anne Frank. Which. Which. We've talked about this. Look. We have. And the faces know, that you all just made are the faces everybody makes when I tell them that. And it's, it's a good. Show, you know, it, it's a it, moving story, etc. Yeah. But. For Listen, fuck's sake, I'm... look at where I live. <laughs> but for, like, Rachel, it was almost like they they chose that play to punish her for some reason. Or, like, you the know? train because, challenged me, God. maybe. I don't know. The main actress they cast as Anne Frank was then and is even more so now basically a porn star. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that. I think there was at least one fitting where she may or may not have warned me about maybe or maybe not wearing underwear. So I I understand wasn't, your sentiment wasn't there. Wasn't she just walking around naked half the time? I, I thought you told me that. never wore underwear. Yeah. And, and also like, never wore clothing. Like her clo- shit. Her shirts were always like so that you can see the bottom of her boobs. There was a there was some under boob, and I'm not going to talk I'm not against badly that. about anybody or blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah. it wasn't quite the most although, authentic Anne Frank. Cast. Although Anne Frank walking around with just her bottom boob showing might be a little. She off, got some real didn't... good reviews from the Pittsburgh press she did. guys. <laughs> it's, Anne, it's Anne Frank. If you don't give them good reviews, you're a Nazi. They had Holocaust just the way survivors speaking to the audience afterwards. So they better have gotten good reviews. <laughs> <laughs> they legitimately did. Uh, well, you know, if you've ever read the actual diary that has been republished, there were things left out in the 40s when her dad yeah. uh, had published it. There were things about her uh, masturbating and t- oh. having fantasies about other girls. Holy things that, shit, are you kidding? I, yes, yeah, read it. That, yeah. it. It was in our script, too, because the director was this 70-something, not to talk about ages, but old Jewish woman who was very... Uh, t- Excited to do the original Shirley, yeah. Very excited to do the original script and to be as authentic as humanly possible. But everything that thirteen-year-old girls talk about, even in the forties, it was very raw. It was a side of her I'd never seen before. So I was questioning whether or not that was because it was a children's show. That too, they had a lot of of school kids coming to see it. Like, is that a thing that they should be exposed to? Is that a thing that is historically? okay to show them but i mean it's real you know no yeah that's oh man where can i see that where can i read about um, that um i'm sure there's i mean it's it's widely published now that newer version okay, of it yeah. it's you, you could find it good 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 yeah yeah people should be po- people should be you know exposed to that Absolutely. i'm sorry i mean like you know mm. i know some people it also like, doesn't it like really kind of it makes it go, real it, exactly well, I, I i know that she speaks ver- kind of because she's a, she was fourteen and so yeah. had like a few fights with her father, with her so, mother, I think. So she was yeah. very close with her dad, but that was the other thing that her dad cut out was her kind of fighting mm. about her mom and saying yeah. the shitty things that everyone says about their mom when they're yeah. fourteen. But he, you know, he censored it a bit. But yeah, there was there's a lot of stuff that was included in our version that was not typical. That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, well, we've talked for about an hour and, and some crazy amount We're of time. We're all out of wine by now. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been feeding it, and thank thankfully Abby has been providing me with the wine that I needed <laughs> uh, to, to continue <laughs> the Trumbull cast. 
But <laughs> I wanted to thank you girls for coming. I wanted thank to thank you, so you for much. everything that you've done too oh, for Toronto Matter. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for everything. That Endlessly, done. thank you. You've gone above and beyond as neighbors. Best and neighbors. have allowed us to scream every single night. I'm, I'm like, so surprised we haven't heard you. I really do keep listening. And I, I listen. I listen for the screams every night. And we're like the monsters. Aw, that's I very that's, true. That's very we live cute. next door to each other. We can put up with each other. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. That's a sound bite that is going to be used. I just, forever. I was like, I, I kind of went cross eyed. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be a monster. <laughs> in this scenario. I, I was just metaphor. trying to compliment them and being say that a part of safe and, and live here instead. <laughs> you know, well, yes. Just, thank I'm, you for having us sure. on your pod of casts. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys. Being a part of the show has been an amazing experience, but mm-hmm. being your neighbors and being a part of this scene well, has been a dream. No, we Aww. lucked out. Yeah. We, we super lucked out. The only thing that I hope is that you girls keep us in your hearts and if there's anything that we can ever help you with in the future, let us know. Please. Uh, or Even anything that we can just be a part of. Or right. you feedback and I goes. think wholeheartedly from my perspective and I assume Christine and Anne's <laughs> vice versa, like for sure, like if you guys ever need anything or you want an ad in a program or whatever. Uh, just, Absolutely, yeah. Just keep us involved. That's yeah. all we care about. Because because yeah. I, I love what you're doing. I want to stay with it and I want to help it. And, I, you know, I want you to keep hanging out in Toronto Manor more than anything. <laughs> I never want to leave your magical place. Are you kidding me? We have that on record. <laughs> well, the guest and coffin is open for you <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see if we can actually get out of this attic. <laughs> yeah, it's subject to much debate anymore. Well, normally, I'd oh, have to do this. Hello. To let what? you out. Yeah, don't but, stand uh, up all the way. You may get your hair I didn't make chopped. Was that, a, was that a buzzer? Yep. Someone buzzing? He has to buzz no, people that's, out. Oh, that was you buzzing. Yeah, the door that's is my door exit. So like, thanks again, girls. Thank and you. Thank you. For Whoa. a wonderful trip. <laughs> Yeah. There's some holes yeah. in the floor. Yeah, watch the holes in the floor. Thank you. Does that you. machine work? Uh, yes. yes, we 100%. just don't use it often. Yeah. But yes. Well, okay. it's mainly for leather, so. Yeah, it's, it's pretty heavy duty. Yeah. It's very we fast. will. We will use it. All right, sweet like dreams. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't that an entertaining little romp? Well, we thank all those girls for being a part of our Trundle cast this evening. And we thank them again for letting us enjoy their entertainment and uh, host a few parties for them. Uh, It was quite a thrill, and we were sad to see them go when they closed up shop a few weeks ago. Um, But hopefully they'll be doing something else, and maybe they'll include... Trundle Manor, because we like to be included. So, thank you, girl. Uh, after this, I think that we've got uh, a little bit of trivia, and that might be the end of this Trundle cast. So, I'll be talking to you again, guys and ghouls, and looking forward to any of your correspondence you might like to send in. We thrive on all of your attention and all of the stories that you might have of your experiences at Trundle Manor. So send them in. It's always fun to hear. And now, here's your trivia. Who 
Hello and welcome to Velda's Movie Trivia Vault, where I share obscure bits of film antiquity for all of you movie vultures who live in the past just as much as we do. Today's question is, who was Angelica Houston's unlikely inspiration for her portrayal of Morticia Adams in the Adams Family movie from 1991? And I'll be back with the answer next week. Thank you, Trundle Files. Well, that was one hell of a long ride. Don't you agree, my Trundle Files? So many women, Mr. Arm didn't know what to do with himself. I'm sure he had some ideas, though. Thank you to Polly and all of our actors for being on this Trundlecast, as well as Devious Maid Productions and Uncumber Theatrics. Hunt down our show notes for more information. I'm sure an elephant gun will be able to take them out with one shot. If not, remember to cover yourselves in feces. Show notes hate that. Tune in in a week for the next episode. And while you're waiting, visit trundlemanor.com, where you'll be able to see a list of all of our future events, like gallery shows and movie nights. Or book a tour and experience the manor all by yourself. Be sure to peruse our videos and photo pages to get a glimpse into the lives of its inhabitants. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr just by typing Trundle Manor into their search boxes. Don't forget to send your stories of Trundle Manor, both unusual and unnatural, to the Trundlecast at trundlemanor.com. We may even read them right here. Now make sure the ear fairy isn't watching as you place your severed lobes in the magic-proof box so you will have them for the next Trundlecast. Thank <laughs> you.